too. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Who wants to have some fun? I'm all about having fun. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Oh, boy, is this great. Hey, guys. Oh, big golf, huh? All right. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all gonna have so much fun when we need plastic surgery to remove our spiles. I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Please have a party! Feed us drinks! Get us laid! Wait a minute, there's no birthday party for you here. Hey bro, you mind putting on some pants and find a little weird I have to ask twice. Do you wanna know what makes Danny Magic's nipple tired? Are those sad tissues or happy tissues? like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamine. Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun though, isn't it? What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? No sports, no rock, no information. For mindless chatter, we're your station. Cowboy. The Mike Rutherford Show. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Well, I'm packing up my game and I'm going to head out west. Where real women call me quit with scripts. I'm spying a nest in the hills. How about that? Chill like Flint. It's a new day, folks. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450-961, The Big X. Coming to you as always from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. It used to be 13 months to get your MBA from the UofL College of Business. Now it is a year, 1, 2, 12 months. Visit business.louisville.edu to see how the UofL College of Business can do what they can do for you. We're on the air today from 3 until 6. Thought we might be a little bit delayed, but Sacred Heart takes care of business in the state tournament by a wide margin. Uh, the Valkyries showing why they're the number one team in the state with a 70-33 to win over Lawrence County. Congrats to Donna Moyer and company as they move on. Uh, as they look for a repeat national title. How about that? Trevor Kelsey, though, it's a new day, a new era, a new season, a new intro. I could not have been more pleasantly surprised as we started the show this afternoon. Fresh start today. The, hey, the, 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 the ugliness is behind us now, officially. It's all about looking forward. It's all about being optimistic. It's all about being positive. It's all about, about just be, being everything is, 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 is hunky-dory. How long have you been sitting on that intro? Uh, a few of the sound bites have been in my head for about a month or so. You hadn't you hadn't made it until recently. No, no I, I, all I knew was the theme I wanted to have. You wanted to have something new once, whenever, whenever the season ended. Once I have a theme, that's when I can start getting the, 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 the juices flowing. I like it. And I wanted to have a theme about having fun and a party. And so I actually actually made another one over the weekend as well with our uh, that's going to be saved for when the football season happens. Look at you. Could not be more excited. Brom got his own one. What a shock, huh? Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I kind of thought people keep asking. You know, we've had a couple of questions about when the intro is going to change again. We had a bunch of intros when we started the show. We've the last one, I think it's been about a year. We've been pretty consistent with that one. Yeah. So we were like, when are we going to get a new one? I've been assuming for a while now that you've been holding on to one until football season starts, and it was going to be the Jeff Brom era. But this this feels fitting. This yeah, feels I, perfect. I, I, I was I've been wanting. I started. I was thinking about doing it a couple weeks ago, and I thought, you know what? Let's just let's just wait and get this basketball season over with. And I was, I made it yesterday. I finished it off Monday night. I thought to myself, what if we win tomorrow? Like, or, or last night in this case. Like, I could just hold it off for one more day. I would day. have to hold off for yeah. at least one more day. That'd been fine. Yeah. I would have accepted that, but here we are. This is a true story to start today's show. So, as most people listening know, I've had some health issues for the last almost year now. 
<clears throat> dealing with symptoms of, of long COVID. You've and, pretty much been a walking calamity. Yeah, for basically since Derby, like about this time last year it started, I didn't really know what was going on, but then it really kicked into high gear in uh, Derby Day, and that's you know, when kind of world went haywire, and it, things have kind of sucked since then, both for Louisville teams and, and for my health. But one of the big things for the last year or so has been my heart rate has, has been just changed. It, it's faster. I get tachycardia all the time. There's nothing I can do to, to can really control it. And yeah, it's I have POTS. I found out what POTS was last May. I definitely have that going on. I, basically, like, my heart rate will be normal when I'm sitting down. It's like 70, uh, 65, something around there. I'll stand up and do something light, just like stand up, and it will skyrocket to like 110, which is not not normal. Yesterday, I'm folding laundry. It's like I look down, it's like 115. Like Very minimal activity will just send my heart rate to a place where it looks like I'm running outside well laundry is annoying i can see where that would make you it's annoying but like i was not stressed i was not i was just i was not moving a whole lot and i looked down I was like are you kidding me this is this is ridiculous and my watch is like my my uh my apple watch or not my fitbit it tracks it as a swim for some reason which is very odd that like that's even a thing that it can track considering it says you're not allowed to get it in the water like i have to take it off when i get in the shower and stuff how is it tracking swims when you're not allowed to take it in water uh, that seems strange but today I I slept well last night, but I didn't do anything different. Ate the same foods, had the same type of night, covered the U of L game, stayed up late watching little Big Sky basketball. Woke up this morning, and like all day long, my heart rate has been back to where it was like pre-COVID days. Like uh, consistently, twenty or so beats lower per minute than it usually is. Like I look down, I'm driving Virginia to school, it's like sixty-five. Typically, it's like eighty-five, ninety just from driving the car, and I'm like, this is. This is strange. I feel good all day. And all I can think of is somewhere in my subconscious, this season has been stressing me out far more than I could have really. Have you ever had something like that where whether it's like a work commitment or maybe like a talk that you're dreading having with a a loved one or something like that? And you feel like, yeah, it's not really weighing that heavily on my mind. But then once you get it over with, you realize just how much of a stressor it was. You're like, I feel so much more relaxed. I didn't even realize I was carrying this stress with me. I think that's kind of what has happened to me with this Louisville basketball season. Now that it's over, my body is like, you may have thought it wasn't stressing you out that much, but look, look how much more relaxed you are today. Your heart's beating like a normal person for the first time in seven months. This is this is good. You know what I'm saying? I wonder what, you're, what does it say your heart rate does when you go on the air with me? It goes up. <laughs> but usually when I start the show, I guess because I'm being, you know, I'm sitting down. Right there with laundry. <laughs> but usually like I'm, I'm, you know, you're being more emphatic. You're standing up. You're, you're emoting. You're giving energy. Like, especially when I start the show, it's typically somewhere in the 90s, which is, is still too high for something like this. I like the 90s. But right now it's, it's 78, which That's is good. It's good. It just it consistently. I assume it's good. This team, I think they were stressing me out more than I knew. And now that it's over, I'm I'm always sad when it's over. Even even yesterday, I'm always sad when it's over. I always want more Louisville basketball when we get to March. But I think there there was a very real part of me that was like, this team is not good for your health. This team is they're doing things to you that you can't even comprehend. Your brain can't even process. You need this to be over. We all need this to be over. And here we are. But we are going to talk about it. One, It's one final Let's Talk About It Wednesday. Let's Talk About It show. No. We're, we get, no. We're, we'll talk about the game. No. We'll talk about Kenny Payne's postgame comments, which oh, I think fine, yeah. Yeah, we're, maybe became more of a talking point than the actual game and the actual season itself. And then we'll talk about things moving forward. But Trevor Kelsey, uh, how are you on, on this postseason Wednesday? It feels strange to say that on March 8th still, <laughs> but postseason Wednesday for you. 
I mean, we pretty much I've been postseason like January twelfth, but officially, yeah, officially January twelfth. It was like December third. <laughs> what was the Bellarmine game? <laughs> November. We were in the postseason before Thanksgiving hit. Uh, I do agree with what you're saying, though. I mean, I, I had the same kind of feeling like when I was meeting Master P. Like it was, I was so anxious. Like, <laughs> I could tell. Like, I think I kind of did too. Yeah, and the heart rate was going up, and then when he's gone, I was like, okay, I feel, I feel better now. That was that went well. That was cool. Um. <sighs> I mean, yeah, other than the game, Louisville not getting within six points, which would have been nice last night. Do you bet it? I bet it, yeah. It was it not a, I mean, when when I found out Quentin Post was out, if I if we both and picked us to be, lose I did this before Post was out, so what does that say about me? But we I mean, both uh, picked us to lose close games on, on Monday's show. I did. When I found out Post was, was out yesterday, I'm like, I think we're gonna win. I really and truly thought we were going to win going into the game. I, I had some And then confidence. I watched the first four minutes. I put a little bit of a little bit of cheese on the on the line on the on the spread, and then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put twenty, not two hundred. I put twenty on the money line too. Nah, that's I'm, just uh, I was like, you know what? Well, how much I, did you put on us to cover? Uh, Fifty. Yeah. Okay. So, that's mean. not. It's, it's it's still far more basically rational we, than we, your Virginia Tech. If, we, if we'd at least covered, I would have lost like ten bucks, I think, or something like that. Okay. Like it would have it would have covered yeah everything. It would have covered the the other side thing. So, um, yeah. I mean, but. I mean, other than that, it was uh, it was you know a nice uh, run of the mill Tuesday. Getting ready for a little AEW tonight. That's about it. There you go. Well, let's you talk about watch it tonight. No, I'm not gonna watch tonight. That, maybe that's maybe that can help your stress. No, I think watching college basketball has helped. Like, you were you were already watching wrestling on uh, on uh, on Twitter over the, yesterday. Well, I saw yeah Spencer Hall tweeted out that crazy flip dude, a bunch of videos of him, which I watched more of it. Like that dude's crazy. He's insane. Yeah. I said that to you. I'm like, this guy's, I, I want to watch this guy wrestle. So um, you, you would probably enjoy watching some of some of the, I, I could find some good matches. I know you'd probably like. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the highlights work for me. Yeah. I, I, keep it under a minute and I'll stay, I'll stay entertained. But uh, last night, what she said four 30, exactly four 30 tip off. So I, I, I never know whether, whether to say last night or, or yesterday afternoon. It felt like last night. Cause the post game stuff stretched into like eight o'clock, but yeah. I don't know. I, I said when I found out Quentin Post was out, I, I thought we're gonna win this game. I mean, Post is basically the sole reason why we lost the first game. We were up yeah. uh, by ten at halftime. We were up by three with like three and a half minutes to go. We lost by twelve. Quentin Post had twenty two points. He was really the only guy who killed us. It was mostly just, in the second half too. Exactly. Right, he, yeah. he just killed us inside with second chance opportunities. He was he was the guy for them. So when he's out, I'm thinking. We have a size advantage. BC is not that good to begin with. They don't have good players. They've got one good player who I think would like really, really help us. Well, everybody would help us, but who would like, start for most ACC teams, and that's Makai Ashton Langford outside of the post kid. So I'm thinking as long as we come with the right attitude, which should not be hard in a single elimination tournament where you can save your entire season, you can change entire narratives in one four- or five-day span, we're going to play hard. We should win this game. Now, we may get blasted by North Carolina tomorrow, but I think we have a good shot to win this game. Within five minutes of the start of yesterday's game, I knew it wasn't going to happen. I saw us come out. I saw Earl Grant's pregame speech. I saw the way that Boston College was going through warm-ups and they showed the little clips. I saw the way that they opened the game, and I thought, we could hang around for a little bit. We're not winning this game. We had no interest whatsoever in being in Greensboro any longer than we had to be. And it was even when we were up at halftime, even when we were being competitive in the game, there was no part of me that thought we were going to win that game because I knew we didn't care. And even after everything over the past four months, even after being constantly disappointed by this team, getting your hopes up a little bit, wanting to see that effort improve, 
thinking that we're taking steps forward, even after all of that. I still found myself disappointed that they didn't come out with any more juice yesterday than we saw. Is it, is it safe to say maybe the most shocking thing of the game was that Boston College's half-court shot at the halftime buzzer didn't go in? Oh, I thought it was going for sure. I, mean, cause, I cause, thought it was 100% going We've joked in. all year that, that, that we have to lead the nation by far in like field goal percentage of last-second shots at the buzzer. In the but half. it's almost always a mid-range. So it's, that was the it's only usually a layup, yes. Th- <laughs> they've been hitting mid-range jumpers on us at the end of the half all year long. That was the only reason why I was like, maybe not. But I, yeah, I, I definitely thought <laughs> I mean, it was going in. I was in. off the rim. I was like, yeah, I mean, I was, I was like, I, I wish there was a prop bet you could make. I would have taken the money on that shot. But we come out, we get down by 10, and like, I think I straight up tweeted it. Like, We look like a team that has no interest in being here any longer than we have to be. And then we draw a bunch of fouls. We get up by three going into half, and people were like, oh, how do you feel about this now? How do you feel? And I was telling people, to have, I'm like, I still feel exactly the same way. I'm not saying we're not going to win this game because I think we've got better players than Boston College. I think they don't have posts, but we're not playing hard. We're, we're not playing like we're at all interested in this. I don't think this is going to go our way. And sure enough, I mean, BC, they want to be there. Grant's a good motivator. They're taking strides in year two. They're trying to do what they're doing, what we're hoping Kenny Payne's going to be able to do next season, which is maybe not get back to being exactly where you want to be, but showing tangible evidence that you're headed in the right direction. They play together as a team, they played hard. They end up winning the game by 18 points because basically we don't give a bleep. Like we, we did not, we could not have cared less about that game. I know Ellis showed some emotion after the game. As did James. At J. Mike James, when he fouled out, showed some emotion after the game. On court, there was it was the same stuff we've seen all season long. Yeah. No communication, no real effort, no sense of, of, of any team chemistry whatsoever. And when you've got that, and you've got Boston College, who's they're playing like their lives depend on it, which is how you're supposed to be playing in March, that team's always going to beat you. That team's always going to be the, the team that doesn't care. And the second chance opportunities were embarrassing. The defense, once again, was embarrassing. The lack of ball movement at times on offense was embarrassing. It was all embarrassing. And it was one last just dismal effort, no fight whatsoever. It was one last embarrassment of a season that that was loaded with more embarrassments than we've ever seen before. And in a weird way, it felt like an appropriate ending. I was hoping that we would get like some, uh, some momentum going into the next season. Even winning a game would give you a little bit of momentum going into what is a critical offseason for Kenny Payne and company. And instead, it was basically what we've seen outside of a two-week stretch in in early February all season long. And it's so disappointing to see, because we talked about, especially after the Clemson game, where you're like, they showed at least a glimpse of of an ability to be a competent basketball team, to be a mid-tier ACC team. If they have, we know they can do it was kind of the battle cry after the Clemson game. And they'd been competitive against Virginia before. They'd been competitive against Miami the week before. Like We're like, here we go. This, Kenny Payne's showing some strides. We're improving. We end the season with 17-point loss to Duke, 16-point loss to Georgia Tech, 17-point loss to Virginia Tech, 15-point loss to Virginia, 18-point loss to Boston College. Ah, but last night was our third game where we had less than double-digit turnovers. We did take care of the ball better. Can you name the other two games where we had less than 10 turnovers? Only three times all season did we do this. Was one of them the first Virginia game? Uh, second Virginia. Uh, yes, first Virginia game. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. We had nine. And then I'm going to say... Ironically, we did lose all of them, by the way. I'll say the, the Clemson win. Lipscomb. Lipscomb? Yeah, nine. Oh, my God. And we lost by eight to a bad Lipscomb team. Yeah. 
That's the, the, the last time yesterday was our our season high, low in turnovers this game. I believe that. Like yeah. that was the one thing. The I mean, it didn't help us from which proves again that it wasn't all just the turnovers of why we were giving up points. No, it wasn't. It was it was just it was porous defense. It was a both, but yeah. It was more embarrassing too. I mean, Boston College doesn't have its best player, Quentin Post. Their second best player, Makai Ashton Langford, is in foul trouble for almost the entire game. It was the perfect setup for us to win. And not only did we not win, we lost by 18 points. I, I thought that the offensive play was selfish at times, which is not unexpected. The we, we come out with this concerted effort to get the ball to Huntley Hatfield in the post because they don't have posts. They don't like they don't have a big man to defend. They don't they don't have anybody who should match up with Brandon Huntley Hatfield. They don't have anybody who would match up with last year's Sidney Curry. And we come out, he scores six straight points, and then we just stop doing it. We we just we're like, yeah, it's working too well. Let's go away from it. And as good coaches do, Grant adjusted. They they took some stuff away. We never really readjusted to get what we wanted offensively. And it ends up being just a, a dismal effort. We were the only team that really didn't show up at all. I, I watched all three of those games. The energy level from the other five teams was exponentially higher than ours. We also and, and, I don't know how big, big of a deal it is. It was odd that we were the only team that didn't get to Greensboro a day early to go through warm-ups. You, you have allotted practice times on the actual court the day before. We got there the day of the game instead of everybody, like, or I guess the night before, unlike everybody else. I just don't. It's, it's Like it mattered. I, I guess not, but like we just, why can't we just be normal? It's like that meme of like the, the woman screaming at us, like, why can't you be, why can't we do, why don't we just try doing normal things? Why don't we try huddle during whistles? Why don't we try playing hard? Why don't, like, I, I, we, we tried everything else this season. We tried to be this weird team and we ended up winning four games over four months. I don't know. I mean, it's it just, I'll make the joke again. Now all we have to do is you know, wait and see what the committee does. We've, we've placed our fate in the hands of the committee. It's going to be a long wait until Sunday. Don't screw us again, Barnhart. We do have a quad two victory. <laughs> Let's see what happens. But, I mean, it, your overall thoughts on the game, it, we both thought it would be competitive, and it wasn't. Yeah. That's disappointing. And I'll be honest with you, I kind of half-assed watching it as well a little bit. I don't blame I you. I mean, I was I mean, I mean, was up, obviously, and was watching the game. It was. It, I watched it from start to finish, but I, I started, like, doing some other stuff and there even during the second half because I, I was with you i was like i was just kind of like especially when we went down by 10 in the second half i thought we're done i mean yeah i'm not gonna i mean i'm I, I, at that point i was honestly just kind of wondering if we would even cover the spread and i wasn't really too high on that that option as well which obviously we didn't i mean we had the we had the one chance when we got the got kind of i don't want to say got away with maybe a foul but it, it could have been called a foul and we got the fast break down 69 60 and Lands gets a decent look. I mean, he could have maybe. Yeah. I would have probably, in hindsight, maybe pump fake, let the guy fly by, and then take a little better shot. But he did kind of rush it. But nonetheless, it was it was a decent look, and it missed. And, I mean, that was with, like, I think about two minutes left in the game. And, I mean, you didn't have to be a genius or even have eyesight or anything to notice that was that was what, if there was any kind of ditch effort, that was the last one. And. It, it, at that point, you know, I think they just started milking the clock and we didn't even bother trying to really even force them to do anything. And then they got, you know, a foul and, and so on and so forth. And, of course, I think when they end up scoring like 
eight more points or something. They scored 11 points last two minutes start. Too. Had to have the great walk-on moment. We've had yeah. like seven straight games where we've had the feel-good walk-on the- come in and hit a shot against us at the buzzer. It's like it's the new end-of-halftime jumper. It's like, here comes their make-a-wish kid. He's going to knock down the shot at the end of the game to make us feel even worse about ourselves. I mean, that's kind of the sad part was when I'm sitting there saying this out loud, I was like, they beat us by 18. It was 69-60 with two minutes to play. Well, it's kind of like the first game where I we mean, were leading with three minutes to play and we lost by 12. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like you look at the score and you go, oh, they, you were out of it from the – no, with two minutes left, we actually had a shot to cut to six and, and, and maybe get some momentum going. There were a lot of moments – I knew we wouldn't hit it because I've seen it all year long. I know how this movie ends. It's like watching the 15th Police Academy. You know exactly where the jokes are coming and where the joke being, you know, us actually winning a game at this point, but – there were a lot of moments where it felt like we should have, and once again, a normal team would have seized momentum. I mean, for instance, like we go into the half with a three-point lead, and I think every Louisville fan is like, well, we're just banking on losing the first segment coming out of the half because we always come out of halftime playing like zombies. So at least we have a three-point lead. Maybe now we'll only be down by two or three going into the, the, the under-16 timeout. But then we have, I mean, we have the best play. I've watched all four of the games so far in the ACC. We've had the best highlight. Of the tournament so far, yeah, the LLS half court pass to JD Trainer for an alley oop was an incredible play. It, it, and if you watch the replay, the bench there's like five guys who aren't watching the game. Like five guys just don't even react to this well, in, well, incredible I to, play. I had to rewind the play because I was looking down at something. Yeah, else but you're not on the happened. team. <laughs> that, that, that's okay. That's that's understandable. There are like five guys on the bench who are like looking up in the stands or who are thinking about what they're going to get for dinner when they get back to Louisville. And like even the the coaches. Like, the biggest reaction you get from this insane play is a muted Danny Manning fist pump. And like, that that's it. Like I'm like, how badly do these guys just want to be out of here? That's as excited as you're going to get a Danny Manning, by the way. It reminded me of, like, <laughs> I, I remember watching the, the one year we were in the AAC. And I think we played the winner of Houston versus USF. And we ended up playing Houston. We beat them by 60. It was either that or Rutgers. Whichever one, we, whichever one of those games we won by 60. I think it was actually Rutgers. Which year? The 2014. That was Rutgers. And Rutgers played USF in the game. The winner got us, basically. And I've never watched a conference tournament game. And I love conference tournaments because the stakes are so high and even bad. Everyone's fully invested. It's, you know, winner go home, careers are ending, all the stuff, high stakes. I've never watched a conference tournament game where both teams, I think, actively wanted to lose as much as that game. Like, USF, if I remember correctly, hit a shot at the end of regulation to force overtime. And I think two kids on their bench cheered. Like, every, like, everybody else wanted to go home. And I was like, this is the most embarrassing game that I've ever watched. If I was a fan of one of these two teams, I, I would seriously take a long look at myself in the mirror. That's how we looked yesterday. We just zero energy whatsoever. It is the... and, and Well, we were slightly jet-lagged. We just got there, you know, that thing. <laughs> it's the God... Blessed ACC tournament. I don't care if you if you're zero and thirty two, you should be at least able to get up for that game. Like I, I, I know that we've been. Yesterday was nothing new, but still, I, I don't know if any if it affected anybody else this way. Seeing like the conference tournament set up, seeing you know the intro, seeing the, the game being on national television, just feeling all the old feelings that I felt watching Louisville teams play in the Big East tournament, the Conference USA tournament, you know, the ACC tournament in recent years, it it just it drove home the pain a little bit harder. Because this is the time of the year where we're always locked in. We're thinking about what our seed's going to be. We're thinking about you know winning a conference tournament. We're thinking about... It's just, there are more eyes on you. 
And to see us just give the same half-assed performance that we've been giving since early November under those circumstances, it just made, it, it exacerbated things. It made it harder for me to stomach than a typical game. And I think it also brought out more anger than I've had recently. Like, like I've been kind of resigned to this whole, you know, we've had the same arguments since November, and we have. every show, you, you and I were talking about doing the radio show yesterday and, and getting a day off because of the, of the timing of the game and all this stuff. And I was like, we've talked about this bleeping team for four months having the same bleeping art. I'm like, they I'm owe us tweet this. that out. <laughs> they, they at least owe us this one day off of work yeah. uh, because we've certainly been doing this <laughs> more than we have to. Yeah, I got to go to the bank. And I, got, I ran some errands. I folded some laundry. We both had crazy. Yeah. Stuff. I had a buddy text me at halftime. He was like, hey, somebody hanging out. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I'll, I'll tell you what, let me, I'm going to hang out the, after we lose this game. And this is at halftime. I was like, as soon as this game's over and our season's over, I'll, head, I'll supposed to swing over. He's like, okay, cool. So I've been, we, we've all known the situation. We've all known that this is historically bad. It's not going to be saved. Let's see what happens moving forward. Like the, the topic of discussion has been next season since like late December. Not Them not having post really was the kick in the corner. Yeah, it was. But even even so. Losing the way that we did as the bottom seed in the ace, it, it still just made me more angry than I thought I was going to be. And then we can talk about the the Kenny Payne post-game stuff afterwards and some of the other things that happened. Uh, you got Donovan Mitchell going after Mark Blankenbaker. This is Troy was What? You didn't I, see I that? that? You didn't see that? What did the sheriff do to the to, to spider? Blankenbaker just treated straight up like I I, I would not retain Kenny Payne if I was the AD. I'll say it. And like Mitchell was like, I'm sick of these fans being like you can have it up. They, they both can, and that's fine. And Troy sent me that, and I was like, this is going to be a long-ass offseason because this is what we're going to be. The same stuff that we've been talking about for the last four months, at least as it pertains to the the bigger picture, Kenny Payne, is he the guy, is he not the guy, that conversation is, is not going to stop anytime soon. Hey, Louisville's trending. It, they, they've been trending. Oh, yeah. That's not going to stop anytime soon. We have eight months ahead of us where that infighting is going to continue. But, but and that, the, the, the topic is going to become, and I think it's going to start this weekend. We've got Dennis Evans, who's a five-star kid, coming in town. Everybody thinks that we're going to land him. We probably will land him, according to everybody, unless something goes wrong. And now this conversation is going to devolve into, we're going to get some players. People are going to get excited. The people who are have been staunchly defending Kenny Payne for the last four months are going to start doing the C, 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 give him some time, give him some time. <laughs> and the people who've been more upset than most over the last four months, are going to say it doesn't matter if he gets John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, and that entire class. He can't win with anybody. You're going to see next season. And again, nobody's going to be proven, be proven right or wrong until games start next November. And it's just going to be exhausting for everybody. That's that's what we're in for. And that's what happens when you have historically bad seasons and are probably in a spot where nothing significant is going to change. I would, I would hope, this is hope now, that... And don't get me wrong, I have very little faith in humanity for the most part. But I, I do hope that if Payne is able to snag at least a couple headline transfers, I mean, he needs to, regardless whether he has to, he can or not, but he has to. And if he does, and when he does, hopefully, uh, along with, you mentioned, the, 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 the kid out of Minnesota, maybe another recruit that may, may decommit somewhere. Sounds like we're in a good spot for Sky Clark. Okay, there you go. The name, fill in the blank name, whatever, with, with has whatever stars next to it, that you will see the people who have been angry, and rightfully so with, with the season that, that, that just happened with Kenny Payne in his first year, will at least be blindly optimistic for next season. Now, I'm not, I know that not everyone will, but I think some... Blankenbaker being one of them, 
we'll start to be like, okay, you know what? Let's let's see how it is. Now, we we've got talent now. We can't, you know, we we were adding more pieces to this. We got so and so coming back. That look, you know, hopefully James comes back. Comes back. Taylor trailer comes back. Maybe Ellis comes back. You know, we've got these guys coming back. These guys coming in. Let, let's see it now. Hopefully, there will be some more op- positive optimism from the ones that are negative right now. And I'll tell you right now, I'll be one of them. I'm going to try to be blindly optimistic and positive going into next season if the names are added to this roster that I hope he can add, even though I'm still kind of, let me see what you can do when you have talent mode, though. But you should be. I mean, I, I mean you, yeah, we won, everyone should We just should won four be. games. I think the entire fan base from, from 100% should be, let's, let's see what we can do next year if we can get some talent, with talent added to this roster. I'm going to go into the next season whether the roster looks good or not, hoping for the best. It's the same wow. way that I came into this season. Uh, what I'm uh, I, what I'm sick of saying is, I hope I'm wrong about this, because this time a year ago, I'm saying I I would not hire Kenny Payne. I hope I'm wrong about this. In June, I, I, I'm saying I think. He's not going to get any big-time guards based on the way the transfer portal is going. I hope I'm wrong about this. In August, I'm saying, I don't think this roster can be competitive in the ACC. I hope I'm wrong about this. In November, I'm saying, I don't think it looks like we have much of a clue of what we're doing, and this season's going to be a disaster. I hope I'm wrong about this. And I, I don't want to sit here. I mean, I, I will go into this offseason hoping for the best because you've got he's going to get a second year, and it's it benefits all of us if Kenny Payne is the guy who turns Louisville basketball around. But I think that if you if you are a reasonable person who has watched any degree of basketball over the years and you watched Louisville just lose 20 out of 32 games over four months, you should have reservations about whether or not this can be significantly improved. And my biggest fear going into next season, it's not that we have another year like this, this one. It's that we find ourselves in the Scott Satterfield situation where he gets he, he gets big talent. I, I think that's going to happen, to be quite frank. I, I think we're going to get Dennis Evans. I think we're going to get Sky Clark. I think we have a chance to land some really big players out of the transfer portal. I think we I think that we will have a roster that on paper should be highly competitive in the ACC. And then I think we're going to win 14, 15, 16 games next year. And I think you're going to have an element of the fan base that says, See, see, told you. 10 wins better than last year. 11 wins better than last year. 12 wins. All you have to do is be patient. And you're going to have another element of the fan base that says, it's year two at Louisville. That's not good enough. This is, We're going back to Ken, to Chris Max last year, which was so bad that we fi- basically got rid of him in the middle of the season. And the same infighting, the same arguments that we've been having for the last four months are going to continue just in a slightly altered manner during next season. I would much rather, I mean, Ideal scenario is we just we crush it next year. We're NCAA tournament good. Maybe we want to win a game in the tournament. Kenny Payne proves once and for all that he is the man. Every excuse that's been thrown out for the last four months was valid. He, the NCAA killed him going into building his roster for his first team. The kids that he inherited were just a-holes. Couldn't be coached by anybody. And boom, look at us now. That's ideal. I think the second best scenario is he proves once and for all that he's just not the guy. And we can start from scratch, get somebody else in here, and hopefully they can build back th- this whole thing much faster and much better than Kenny Payne was going to. But that limbo, that's where you run in 
to some trouble. If you win 14, 15 games next year and it's just good enough to keep him around for year three, maybe he's got a couple of guys in the 24 class that seem good, and then you get those players coming in and you still aren't really doing anything with them in year three, we're 16 and 15. Like you, You've wasted three full seasons, and all of a sudden you're almost a decade removed from your last NCAA tournament win. And that's the risk that we're that's the game that we're playing right now. And I think it's a dangerous one. It's scary times. We just need Kenny Payne to prove he's the guy this year. And not in a I won 14 games after winning four way, but in a I'm good enough to get to the NCAA tournament in year two at Louisville. Well, no, I mean, depending on the amount of talent brought in and, and, and if the level of talent brought in in this offseason is what I expect to be, which is like three good transfers and maybe a couple good a couple of recruits to go along with Glenn and, and Williams coming in as well. I mean, it's 20 wins might be the, the bar I'm setting. And if, you, if I'm setting that too high, then, then I'm sorry if my standards are slightly too high, then higher than yours. I, that's not an uncommon thing. See, but that'll be the argument, though. Like, it'll be your standard versus somebody else's standard, and nobody is going to have the right answer. Nobody's going to have the wrong answer. Like, I, I think this the, is what's going to happen. I think that should be the Louisville standard. But, I mean, but but what you think is not what everybody else thinks, and that's what we've run into. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, know, you have a I mean, standard, this, I have a standard, people listening have standards, and, and this is going to be the argument the entire next year unless he proves unequivocally that he either is the guy or that he's not the guy. I mean, it depends on what what, what, what is added and what isn't. And particularly to me, and this, I'm trying to sound maybe mean to Kenny Payne, but like I'm more intrigued on this team adding some fourth and fifth-year guys in the transfer portal than I am adding even a five-star kid out of Minnesota. Mainly because from what I've watched in this last season, I want to get in some kids who have already been been coached to how to do things well. Because when it comes to Kenny, Kenny will tell you what he needs wants you to do, but I don't think he can tell you how to do it. Would you and be that, would I, you be interested in hearing a name? I would be very intrigued to hear a name. Can I go to break and I can tell you a name? Do you want to do it when we come back? Let's take a break. You tease. Let's take a break. I'll Look th- at you, you dirty little tease. I'll throw a name out. You've heard of him. Most people listening have heard of him. We've seen him play. He might be a Cardinal next year. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll spill some tea. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on a Wednesday on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. You can listen to the engine moaning out as one note song. You can think about the woman or the girl you knew the night before. But your thoughts will soon be wandering the way they always do. When you're riding 16 hours and there's nothing much to do. And you don't feel much like riding You just wish the trip was through See, here I am On the road again There I am Out of the tournament Here I go Playing stars there I go. But that's what we're doing. We're turning to pay. Yeah, you get it, right? I like the method of my madness. Is it a little bit embarrassing that we scheduled Dennis Evans' video or visit for ACC tournament weekend? We were like, 
We're basically like, don't worry, buddy. We'll be free. We'll be, we'll, we'll, we'll be home. Don't let that cross your mind. We'll be there bright and early on Friday. You want to get there on Thursday? We'll be there. Don't worry about it. I heard that. I, I didn't like, even realize. I didn't think about that. I was like, cool that he's visiting this weekend, but also kind of a cell phone. Kind of, uh, kind of not great. All right, I teased the name before the break. There, I'll give you a name. I'm not, not going to leave you waiting. We all want to know who's going to come in. We all agree that we need to bring in some some transfers who can help this program immediately. Would the name Davion McKnight from Western Kentucky pique your interest? I was to tell you you could get Davion Knight. Would that be something he'd be interested in? He Look, he lit us up this year. He's a straight dog. I've been, I've been on that season four with Bob Ryan. He's he's basically been Western Kentucky's entire team for the the, the second semester. Uh, they're a mess right now. They still do have to play in the conference. Tuesday. I think they play tonight, tonight. actually. They actually take right after us at 6 o'clock, and then they play at 6.30. So, yeah. I think they're in the 8-9 game. They play UTSA. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I think that sounds right, yeah. He's yeah. He's a Shelbyville native. He apparently grew up a Louisville fan. Nothing is done. Nothing is set. He's still playing a season. UTEP, sorry. UTEP, thank and you. It was a Texas school. I couldn't remember which one. Don't be shocked if you hear him enter the portal very soon after their season ends. And I think that Louisville will have interest. And I think that interest should, will be reciprocated. They should seriously have interest. Yeah. He would be easy. He'd be a great addition. He is one of those guys. What I think what I say, like my goal was I want I want two guards, one rotation level and one starter, you know, twenty plus minutes kind of level, and I want a big man a rim protecting big man in the transfer. Those are three things I wanted to transfer portal. Hey, you're getting a rim protecting big man with Evans if you get him. Hopefully, Not even in the portal. I kinda still want one in the portal though. Because with with a freshman, you still got raw. You, I, you're you raw. He's raw offensively. He's not raw defensively. Okay, I'll tell you this right now. I think he will come in and be an immediate impact defensively, offensively, as most teenage seven footers are. Uh, more of a work in progress in offense than defense. I'm less concerned. I'm more concerned with with defensive impact than I am offensive. Impact Me too. Because uh, the one thing I have learned in Liz Payne's one year, he can at least get the offense working a little bit over time. A little bit for sure. A little bit. Um, but yeah, this I don't. And, and this is nothing against with Damian McKnight because I've watched him play. and He'd fall more in towards the rotation guard in the transport I'd want. But I still want. Daddy want. Yeah, I mean, he's... I would like to think there... I mean, I'd he's like He's a 17-point-per-game scorer. Yeah. I mean, who's yeah. also four assists per game. I mean, he's... I think he may have been our best player if he was on our team this year. And he would start, of course. Yeah, I don't know if he'd still be better now, but it'd be nice to have him at the at the one, and that'd be able to put Ellis at the two. I mean, he scored twenty five points against us. He outworked all of our guys. He, he was in on everything. He kept them single handedly in that game. Um, I'd love to have him. Yeah, if I mean, that does wind up happening. Yeah, I would too. Now, again, I still want another one to go with him for sure. We we need more. Yeah, he's not going to single handedly turn the program around. He's good. He's not. Carlick Jones or Damian Lee. And when I say guards, I, I mean ball handling guards because, I mean, I've got a guard and Mike James hopefully coming back as well. Is, I mean, is he a guard? I mean, I, I feel like we saw enough this year to be like, he's not really a guard. He's, he's a 2-3. All of our, I mean, speaking of like, I want to be wrong. Like, I don't think LLS can play point. Hope I'm wrong. I don't think Mike James can be a 2. I hope I'm wrong. I think both those things wound up being unfortunately correct we need if LLS does come back next year which I, I think is more likely than not that he does not I, I think if I had to guess right now which is one of the million dollar questions out there I lean not heavily but I, I lean fairly strongly towards him not coming back for next season but if he does yeah. I think you still need to move him off the ball he's I agree. clearly a two I and he, he got better as the season went on 
but he's not with a normal roster for this program. He's not a guy who should be running the show. I mean, he needs to be with somebody kind of like when you had Russ and Steven that, that you can just rotate him between the one and two. Yeah, we do that for a while. And yeah, most, I mean, a lot of great teams do that because he can play the. He, I mean, he can be a one and, and and can handle the ball, but he just yeah, you don't need him with it one hundred percent. Like for sure. And you saw that when the offense started actually getting better at certain times, we saw guys like James and others try to bring up the ball, and we saw him try to you know use Vaselli, Vaselli, and, and and Miller, and you know to try to get. L off the ball and get him kind of in a, a rhythm. Then you know, put the ball back in his hands. So, I mean, they, they there was things they tried to do as the season went along, which again the offense didn't improve. It's just a matter of they the didn't way. have they, they had nobody else to handle. Getting by stop the ball. Yeah, I mean, Basili. I know we all want him to be like the answer. He was an unranked prospect for a reason, and Hersey Miller was a guy that averaged two point four at Tennessee State for a reason. Both, I think, can become good college players. But they weren't ready right now to step in and play big time minutes to the point for a team like Louisville. Hersey Miller is gives effort for sure. I love Hersey because of that. He's got he plays effort. hard as hell. He plays hard. He's doesn't. Yeah, it, but that can only take you so far. We are. I mean, we're recruiting another point guard. I know his name came up on the show. What was it a few days ago? Jason Rivera Torres, who's another not. Highly ranked prospect, a three-star kid. He's I think like 175 in a couple of these scouting services, um, which is great. We I mean we need point guards, no question about it. But he like Basili, like Hersey, I think if they're going to be capable college point guard, it's going to be down the line. He, he's not a guy that you plug in next season and say he can run the show for you. He's going to change you at the point guard. So that's fine. But we, we definitely need to go out and get a ACC ready point guard to run the show, and probably another ACC ready guard. To come in here yeah. and help out, so roster building now is it's great to look down the line. But if you're Kenny Payne, look, man, it's later than it seems. You're there's no question. I think that you're safe, and we'll talk about Josh Hurd's comments to Tim Sullivan last night a little bit later. You're safe for a year two, but if you have a another single digit win season, like you're gone. Like yeah. nobody at Louisville is going to. to put up with even your staunchest defenders right now if you go eight and 25 next year they're not going to be calling clamoring for you to get a year three so you need to get much much better very fast if this if this series isn't even somewhat repeated next year the bigger debate will be whether kenny finishes the year or not let's talk i I sent you the clips let's talk about the press conference afterwards because i mean I, i heard a little bit about the game last night and today from from people but the thing that people want to talk to me the most about, and I'm talking like players, former coaches, media people, was the press conference. This kind of stole the show last night. So you've got Brooks Holton, who's now, he replaced Brett Dawson as the beat writer for the Courier Journal. And I'll preface the, the conversation about Kenny Payne with this. The questions were not delivered in a great fashion. I don't know if you saw the video. Uh, well, I was actually I was actually driving around when listening to the press conference when it happened live. Yeah, and I was kind of curious who it was to ask that question. He seemed to kind of backtrack himself a little bit. Maybe I don't know, I'm going to say nerves kind of maybe, it, but so it sort of looked like it. And, yeah. I, and I don't know Brooks very well. I just know I him. Either. We've interacted on social media, but I, I don't know him very well. But he did kind of it was like he he was trying to find a way to like to say like instead of just doing it straightforward like have you had conversations with Josh Hurd about your future? Or you guys went 4-28. and Is there any thought to maybe making some changes on your staff? And instead it was more of like a, it was a wordy kind of thing. So I think that kind of maybe set Kenny Payne 
a little bit off at first. But here was this was his response to the first question, which was about his immediate future and whether or not he'd had any, had any conversations with Josh Hurd about that. Cowboy. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to do it every time you ask for a press conference now. <laughs> All right, let's hear from Kenny Payne. I'm um, just wondering, you know, um, as you guys, uh, you know, uh, got to this point in the season, um, have you had uh, um, talks with uh, Josh Hurd about your future here? And, you know, if so, if so, um, how did those talks go? Anything that he was saying to you as you now, you know, look to build really don't understand have i talked to josh about my future yes just like you know like have you all had conversations about you know that this is where you know you know where he wants to see from the program headed and just also you know you know just things he wants to see here and moving forward i don't think that's a good question my friend (laughs) i don't know how to answer that of course i have not had one conversation with josh heard about my future um um I don't know if there's a reason to have a conversation with Josh Hurd about my future. Um, I go to work every day. I love Josh. Josh says he loves me. There's nothing to talk about. <laughs> I got a job to do. Now, that was from Payne. Josh Hurd last night did talk to Tim Sullivan. and Sullivan has not posted a story. I think he's planning on it for, I assume, the Leo. But he asked Josh Hurd straight up on the phone last night, is Kenny Payne safe? And Hurd's response was yes. I think the vision of what Kenny is trying to accomplish gives me the most reassurances, which whatever that vision is needs to be relayed to the fan base. I know that you don't have you don't have to tell the fans everything when you're a major college head coach, but when you have a four and twenty eight season and people are justifiably concerned about your ability to get this program back to where we expect it to be, you kind of need to start giving us at least glimpses of what that vision is for the future and how the hell it's going to happen. Pretty quickly over the next twelve months. I mean, the the the, the back and forth between them was like watching Louisville try to play defense a little bit. Like it was. Yeah, it was I, a very Louisville Boston College serve volley. I, 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 I apologize to the, the, the beat writer. I, what was his name again? Brooks Holton. Brooks Holton. I'm sorry. I, I, will, I promise you, dude. It took me a year to remember because assistant coach's name. I'll remember yours at some point. Who, were, who what was the assistant last year? Fitnall. Nope. McManus. Nope. Man. Nope. The New Zealand guy. Who cares? They're gone. He didn't get his, he didn't get his visa renewed, and the other guys hanging out in New Mexico with Walter White. Uh, no. Who's in New Mexico? <laughs> the fentanyl dude. He's at BYU. He's at BYU. I just thought I just New Mexico with you know, Walter White because you know. Fentanyl. Do you know where Pegues is? Uh, oh, uh, uh, Xavier. No, close. Old Dominion. No. <laughs> uh, he played. He's with a Miller, right? No. Dayton. No. <laughs> Butler. Butler. <laughs> Xavier's close. That's, that counts. That's why I said it. I said okay, close. Okay. Uh, no, because I mean, listen to the question. I mean, God love Brooks. He's doing, he's doing everything he can without being point blank. Dude, you win four games this year. Right. Do you feel like your future could be in question? And Kenny just acting like that question is so stupid. Like he he's like he's ignorant to the fact that he just won four games. That's the most shocking. But I want to that. <laughs> Let's play the second clip first, though, because I, I think that that is the conversation that I want to have. But. The second question about potential staff shakeup. You, again, just had a historically bad yeah. season. You won four games. Is there any th- thought that maybe you might change things going into year two? Yes, Kenny. So you said you're going to take some time, you know, to think about, you know, just um, how to move forward here. Um, and when you think about two days, some days. Okay. Two days. Two days. Okay. Get it right. Um, when you think about, you know, you know, and the coaches on your staff, um, how do you go about uh, talking to them about, you know, 
um, you know, uh, taking stock in how they did this year and coaching with you and, you know, you know, just uh, building that staff and uh, continuing to you know, move forward. Still don't understand the question, but I can tell you I have one of the best staffs in college basketball. I can tell you that there are unique individuals that have had so much success in this game. I can't believe you just asked that question um, because you're looking at guys that have accomplished more in their life as players. Forget coaching. Their experience in life is why I hired them. They are great coaches, and they gave these kids love every day. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't even understand the question. Like, how? what is there to evaluate? I asked them to love the young men. That's why I hired them. To adopt their dreams. That's why I hired them. Um, nothing else. They did their jobs. They did a great job. I love my staff. I mean, what is there to evaluate? The the four wins against the twenty eight losses at Louisville. I mean, just you don't have to. You can dismiss the 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 idea of changing the staff, but don't act like we have the best card. Exactly. There's no way you have the best staff when you went four and twenty eight. That's the, impossible to say. There, there's no way. I, I mean, I, I was going to say I refuse to believe that this, but. Maybe he wasn't like I don't. If you're not prepared for those questions or some questions along those lines at the end of a season where again you smashed the record for most losses in the 109 year history of this program, 109 years had never lost more than 20 games. You lost 28. You should, in that situation, have an answer prepared for those types of questions. You should know it's coming. You should know what you're going to say. It's amazing that it took until this game, this post game, for him to actually get that question. Yeah, but it's understandable, especially at the end of a season. Uh, yeah, Staff, exactly. You're not going to change the staff with, with four or five games left. To get that question, you know it's coming. Which is why I thought it was actually a national guy asking it, but yeah. To, to act like it's inconceivable that that would be something on your radar, there's no way. I, I don't believe that Kenny Payne is that clueless. I don't. No, no, no. But it reminds me of when he did the whole thing where he was like shocked this summer that teams were negatively recruiting against Louisville because of the NCAA style. I'm like, they're, I'm like, you were in the like the heart of the recruiting game at Kentucky. It's amazing. Of he, course, you know that happened. It's amazing that shocked him, but yet he, I don't, it wasn't any of these clips. He brought that up in the press conference as well when he talked about how the, the, he, he couldn't recruit properly right. last year, and now this is like his real first year at UL right. and. You know, came up at the beginning. Yeah, it, it didn't. Yeah, this you know, you had people telling us that we're going to death penalty. Yeah, and pastors came up here reverse dunking. I mean, look, look at the bench up there cheering too. They love that pastor. It's a foreign view for me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to process that. I mean, I, I'm with you, like Kenny. Like I, I get this. I, you say inconceivable, in my mind automatically goes to Princess Bride scene because that's like I don't think you know what that word means, there, Kenny. I mean, I, I get you want to support your staff. You don't want to. You don't want to act like you, you your job is even in jeopardy going next year because I don't think we all think it is, but you can at least go, hey, you know, we're going to be back next year. This year was obviously a disappointment. I, I don't think that's any shock to anyone. You know, my staff worked as hard as we can do. We're gonna we're gonna keep working hard. I support them. They support us. Maybe cut off the the, the constant phrase of how much they love the boys, and and then just, just say that. I mean, you can't. Don't act like it's a dumb question because you just went four and twenty-eight, and there's there's wonder from whether it be yeah. your own boss or anyone 
that you may be in jeopardy of not your job, but your staff. What he needs to do is really relay the fact that he understands where the fan base is coming from. That, that he understands the gravity of what just took place. And he listens to this show, so I know he does. Yeah, no, he doesn't. <laughs> what you say, even if you're, you know, people are like, what do you want him to say? Do you want him to say, like, the staff sucks, I'm going to fire them all? No. You want him to come out and say, I believe in our staff. These guys work so hard behind the scenes. People are never going to see the effort that they put in. We all understand that this was not good enough. And we are all on the same page as far as we're going to do everything possible to make sure that this gets fixed, to make sure that this gets right. Was that hard? That's what you say. You, so you don't hard? sit here and, and, and be combative. You, you're not in a position to be combative when you have gone 4-28 and 28 at Louisville. It's like he doesn't... It's like he doesn't understand how people could possibly be upset at this. It's like he doesn't understand how people can possibly think that they did not do a good job. Like everything about the way that he handled that press conference said, like, I think we were good. I think I think we did great. We did everything. You know, I, I didn't cheat these guys. These kids one day. We're loving them up. We love these kids. And then in the next breath, he's like, we may have to kick some of their asses to the curb in, in a few days because they suck and they don't understand what it is to play basketball. But we still love them. Like everything about the press conference just just. And I choose to believe that it's him not knowing how to adequately convey what he actually feels because he has to know that this was not acceptable. I don't care what the circumstances were. I don't care if he walked into a situation, people were comparing this to the the Tom Green first year at Indiana situation, which I think is total apples to oranges. Like Everyone knew that Indiana team was going to be woefully bad because everybody left. They had to, They were going to the rec center to pick up kids yeah. to be on the actual team that year, and that is not hyperbole. That is what happened. No, they found Devin Dumas playing pickup basketball in Bloomington, like outdoor pickup basketball. And going into that year, they were picked last in the Big Ten. People thought they might not win a game. They ended up winning, what, six? The, the fans loved that team because they played so hard. They knew what was going on. We were picked, what, 11th in the ACC? Nobody thought it was going to be four-win bad. And for Kenny Payne to sit around and act like, we all knew this was going to be terrible. We all, like, I did great. Staff did great. Everybody did great. Kids suck, but everybody else was fantastic. It's just, like, I know that he doesn't think that. I think it's a, and it's been a consistent issue for the last six months. It is a problem with messaging. And somebody needs to get him, you know, let him know. You need to let people know. You need to convey the fact that this is not acceptable. You understand that it's not acceptable. And tell them how it's going to get better and why it's going to get better and specifically what you're going to do to ensure that it gets better. Because to act like, I can't believe you asked that question. I can't, I, what, what merits? We went four and 28, four wins. We watched this team for four seasons from 2012 through 2016, lose a total of 28 games over 48 months. We watched four different Louisville teams that played more games because they advanced farther in their in their seasons lose a total of 28 games. We watched your first team lose 28 games in four months. That's why people have questions. That's why people are concerned. And the fact that that seems to blow your mind, it that blows my mind. The messaging has got to improve. It's a it's clearly a less important detail than getting players in here and starting to win games. But the messaging has also been atrocious. And he could help himself dearly if he just found a way to relay the fact that he feels the fans' pain and that he feels the exact same way. 
Because right now it's like, you know, I can't believe you know, laughing it up. It's another day. This is you're, you're gonna see. You're gonna see the, you, you idiots out there who who aren't happy with a four and twenty eight season. You're gonna look pretty foolish coming up soon. Fine. I hope we all are. Tell us how it's gonna happen. Yeah, you bring up that Indiana team. You know, the comparisons we brought back what three starters from last year's team. Does Ellis count as a starter? Maybe he was off and on. Okay, so we, off and on three with him, Curry, possibly, and Withers. That Indiana team that Green took over. Give me players he, that he he had from the year before that were on his first year's team. Wasn't it like two? One. One. <laughs> One. The guy the guy the only guy that came back was junior Kyle Tabor, a kid from Evansville who averaged one point three points the year before. That's it. Everyone else Apple replaced. Story. All right, we gotta go to break. We I talked over close. the top of the hour. We'll we'll turn it over to you guys a little bit here in the second hour. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Your thoughts on last night, both on and off the court. That's coming up. In hour number two, keep it locked right here on 1450 and 96.1, one, the big X. On the road again. There I am. Up on the stage. Song, song of the south, sweet potato pie, and I shut my mouth. Gone, gone with the wind. Ain't nobody looking back again. Cotton on the roadside, cotton in the ditch. We all picked the cotton, but we never got rich. Daddy was a veteran, a southern democrat. They ought to get a rich man to vote like that. Singing. I always think that, like, I, I feel like that song would be a lot more popular in bars if it didn't have that line. Like, I, I feel like, because, you know, the good old boys aren't singing the same way they were 30 years ago about being southern democrats and how rich guys should vote like that. Politics have changed a little bit since Alabama was things, making that song. Things do change. So I think that, it, yeah. But Papa ended up, in the, he ended up moving to the city. Got a washing machine and a Chevrolet. I never understood how they got kicked off the farm, but they upgraded. We were supporting that we couldn't tell. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton sucks line. We want to hear from you this hour, and as is typically the case when we have negative events, the text line has been blowing up, and. This is the the la- oh my god I just saw, I just pulled it up and just saw how much it's been blowing up how much yeah we haven't we haven't even teased the text line the first hour we haven't but you knew it was going to happen I mean people have thoughts about the game but I think to a larger extent Kenny Payne and the future of this program and what was said afterwards and and we want to hear from you it's your show as well so we'll turn it over to you this hour mostly uh, on the text line at five zero two four one four fourteen fifty as we react to a four and twenty eight it's still just it blows my mind. To, to say those, to say those numbers, four wins, twenty-eight losses. It's just gotta be. We, we just gotta. We just gotta move ahead, and in twenty years, we can be like, oh yeah, I forgot all about. I it. know. Like I, I remember saying the same types of things at the end of the Bobby Petrino season, where I'm like, I just my mind can't wrap itself around how it got this bad this quickly. How we're you know we're going from Lamar Jackson to giving up sixty points per game to everybody and getting our asses kicked, and it still really hasn't computed. And it is weird that like we fired Petrino before that season was even over. The winningest coach in the history of our program, and everybody was almost everybody's like, "Yeah, he's got he's got to go." And like this year, with a with only twice as many wins in a basketball season, there's still this huge divide. I get that the situations aren't 
well, completely analogous. Especially compared to last season, which won more. But the the fact that there wasn't the divide in the locker room at any point, I mean, or at least that we know of, is the big reason why, yeah, this this situation does differ from last year. Well, I think it's more, it's more about a first-year head coach inheriting what is perceived to be a mess and how much time do you give him. It's, it, it's a little bit different. But still, I, I think it's odd that there's – there have been so many people, to use Keith Wynn's point, where he's like, I thought if we ever saw Louisville win four wins of basketball, like everybody would be on the same page. As far- Even if you believe in Kenny Payne, you still would be like, this is unacceptable. Like this, I-, I think he's going to get better, but this is just the worst of the worst. And you've got pe- some people out there who are like, this is expected. Like, this is okay. This is, like, you're going to see. It's all fine. It's all the players' fault. And I just... When you have four wins at a program like Louisville, I'm saying the same thing that I've been saying since November. It's everybody's fault. Let me say, I mean, would there be as much confidence in Payne coming back, regardless of the 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 the, the record, the same? Had there been some locker room stories like we had last year, or like we had with with the 18 Louisville football team? I mean, I know that he's been very. Easy. There's no coincidence that we see the same players after every game at the press conference. I'm sure, you know, but. I don't think it would change anything. You don't think it would have changed anything? Because the narrative, I mean, even with the good stories, like the narrative is already from people who are like adamant that Kenny Payne can do no wrong, it's, it's that it's all the players' fault, right? If you had more players, like if you had more stories like that, you know, people getting in fights after games, I think it would just add to that, that narrative. That's it's true. just the players. They were getting in fights last year. You can't get in fights. And my big, my big problem with that, and I, I know I said text line, we'll go there in just a second. That's my fault. I'm sorry. Is that, this notion that when you inherit kids that had bad attitudes or who didn't play hard enough for the prior coach, that that somehow is something that a head coach is not being hired to change. And I'll draw the comparison once more to Rick Pitino. People, you can't you can't compare Rick Pitino to, to Kenny Payne. Why? Louisville. I, if you're hiring a coach at Louisville, you want them to be a Hall of Famer that can win national championships like Rick Pitino did. If we're not comparing Kenny Payne to Rick Pitino, what are we doing? Patino came in, he inherited a group of players who had horrible attitudes. It was on full display in Denny Crum's last season. Players weren't listening. Players weren't in shape. Players weren't paying attention during timeouts. It was an awful atmosphere. And what Patino did not have that Kenny Payne has, he, he didn't have the ability to go out and bring in transfers who were immediately eligible. He didn't have time to recruit a class like Payne didn't. His big game changers were two huge recruits coming in in Bender and Hurt, who he kicked off the team before we were even halfway done with that season. Yeah, I don't think we were in, the, in January before they were off the team. Bender made it like, I think, three weeks. Hurt didn't make it to yeah. uh, pass like January. Bender's highlights the Ohio State game. We had like 10 and 9. Well, and the Tennessee game, he made the pass to Northern. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the game yeah. time <laughs> three. My bad. You're right. I was a little drunk at that game. But Patino, he took the same players who were not responding to Crum. And he made them respond. They looked completely different. Ellis Miles changed his whole body. Yeah. Reese Gaines took his game to the next level. Luke Whitehead became a guy who was the Conference USA Tournament MVP by the time he was graduating. Like Everybody got markedly better. They played hard as hell because they knew if they didn't, they weren't just going to not play. They were going to be off the team. He, he didn't need them. The fact that we saw none of that, and in fact we had guys who seemed to regress from one year to another, is a red flag. You can't just sit here and say, it's the players, it's the players, it's the players, because they didn't respond to Chris Mack and they're not responding to Kenny Payne. We're paying Kenny Payne $3.5 million to get players to respond to him. 
He didn't get it done in year one. There's there's no way around it. It doesn't mean that he can't get better or that it won't get better. He did not get it done in year one. And having to say that after a 4-28 season and have it be a contentious issue kind of blows my mind a little bit. Anyways, Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Texas says, after a year of press conferences and interviews, I can understand why he hadn't gotten a head coaching job before. Well... It still also baffles me how, like, anytime they, they talk about his resume, they just start, like, he, like he automatically started at Kentucky. The Oregon's just gone? Yeah, it's like, I don't, do they feel like they can't, like, pat him on the head enough if they say he's been an assistant for, like, a decade and a half? It always sounds better. Like, oh, he just started at Kentucky, worked his way there to the Knicks. I'm like, what about, like, the seven years he spent in Oregon? Poor Arnie Kent somewhere, like, what about me, dude? <laughs> Brett Jones is like, he taught me how to back dunk. It's a lesser Nike program, though. That's all that matters. I mean, <laughs> speaking of like, I, I, uh, I was talking to a, a Kentucky person, a well-embedded Kentucky person. And they were talking about the, the, the Adidas Nike kerfuffle with all the, you know, we have this, is it a big deal? Is it not a big deal? And the guy with UK is like, it's definitely a big deal. He's like, are you kidding me? The, the story that he told, he's like Carl Anthony Towns, when they had that Bahamas trip a few years ago before his season, he, there was a photograph of him wearing Under Armour shoes before their first game. It was not televised. I think it was like streaming only. And he's like, before they even got back to the hotel, we get a call from Nike. And they're like, uh-uh, uh-uh. And Towns was in Nikes for the, the next day, for the rest of the, of the trip. And he's like, you just, he's like, you don't do that. He's like, and it has to be intentional. There's no way it's not. But like, yeah, the, the UK people are like, it's definitely a big deal. So if they think it's a big deal, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we should be thinking it's a big deal Probably, too. I don't know why I looked this up. Here's a weird thing. Who do you think played more games in that one year, Hurt or Bender? Bender. Trick question. They both played 14. Oh, well, okay. I couldn't have gotten it right. <laughs> <laughs> Hurt did start eight in Bender two, though. Okay. And Hurt played 20 minutes to Bender 12. I was, I was, I was like surprised that they literally both played 14 games. There you go. I thought, I guess like, it kicked off around the same time. Yeah. I, for some reason, I remember, I, I thought I, I remember. I was thinking one, it was one, and one of them being earlier. Later. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But, but they, I mean, neither one of them played in half the games that season. Let's not forget the other recruits that he inherited from that year before the, the great uh, Mac Wilkerson. Mac Wilkerson scored like 25 points in the first exhibition. I was like, here we go. When we signed Did him, nothing I was else. Like, this, is, this is where I knew Denny had to go. I was like, this is what we're bringing in. <laughs> I always felt like that was kind of a sign to try and get better. Like, I felt like it was like a, we I hired your buddy was, the year before. I'm just gonna play just, with him. Hey, your brother was Felton Spencer. We we've got a scholarship open. May have I, been that too. I'm just gonna throw you a bone because I mean I don't even remember being that awesome at Ballard to be honest with you. But I he was fine. Yeah. yeah. Texas Kenny Payne always says that he has to get players to understand what it means to put on the Louisville uniform, but it certainly seems like he doesn't understand what it means to coach the University of Louisville basketball team. He has to, again. I I choose to believe that it's a problem with messaging that he gets out there and he just gets lost in the press conference and doesn't say the right things because. I mean, he played here. He won a national title. He watched this program from Lexington win a national title in 2013, go to Final Four in 2012. Like, he knows what the standard is here. He knows that four wins is so far below the standard, it can't even see the standard. And to act like this is somehow acceptable, like, he knows it's not. Do you think that, like, that is somewhat kind of like his coaching as well in a nutshell when you talk about his way he handles a press conference? that Because you, you think he... he he knows what these kids need to do, and he he can tell them what to do. But sometimes you wonder if he knows how to properly show them how to do it. Maybe I think and that like, could like be. You a... talk about him coming to the press conference. You know, you know, you know, he knows. You know what he needs to say. 
he says it's trouble, trouble, you know, conveying it back. And Could I, be. I fully relate to that, by the way. Look, this team can't communicate on defense. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's, that's it, we've had an issue with communication the entire season. I mean, he said that all. That's what he's been telling us all year too. I've been telling him what to do. They're just not doing. I mean, that's the thing. You, you, I, I can tell the internet to work. It doesn't mean I can fix it if it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, he needs to. That's what we, that's what he needs to do. He needs to. You not just tell these you know these players where they need to be and how they need to do it. You should show them how to do it. Texas, I can't believe that he can't believe the question was asked. I'm I'm with you there. I mean, it's any coach in that situation at a power program, whatever you consider. I mean, power conference program, hell, like it, one of the top thirty programs in America. Any coach in that position who just had the worst season in the history of that program has to expect a question along those lines, right? About your future, about your staff, and to act like. I, I, I can't believe you're asking that. I don't know if it was him just kind of smelling blood in the water because Brooks sort of looked a little bit uneasy or what it was, but I, I mean, there's no way that he didn't think he was going to hear it at some point, right? Uh, but it, it, it just reminds me of the whole, again, the whole, I, I was shocked that people I've known for a long time were recruiting negatively against me. People are saying bad things about me when they're trying to beat us for recruits. Like, I I choose to believe because it, I, I if you're that clueless then we're in big trouble. I choose to believe that you're just playing dumb in in these situations because any coach would expect that question. Any coach would expect to be negatively recruited against when you're dealing with NCA stuff. And I, 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 I th- again, I think it's just a problem with messaging. It's funny because I, I, it was like two years ago we were sitting here like surprised how how can Chris Mott, Chris Mack not know that there is somewhat heat on his on his position because of not making the tournament. We're the first team left out, and and and, and, I, and listen, and I'm not saying the heat, how much heat could could or should have been there at that time, but like to not think that there isn't heat blew my mind. He'd be shocked at that, and he was upset about that. It. Some people were unhappy that yeah, we missed the tournament. I, like, yeah. yeah, whether you agree with them or not, you can, how can you not expect that there to be some of that there? And like that was one thing. Now here we are two years later, and like, I, I mean, that surprised me then. I'm utterly floored to think that you'd be shocked to get that question if you're Kenny Payne. You just it's won stunning. four games. Yeah, it, it's You stunning. won four games. Like, I wish Brooks, I, I know he's probably trying, again, trying to be kind of a little professional, nice. He's got, I mean, he's got to work with this guy at least a whole other year. So, I mean, you don't want to, like, I guess piss him off. But, I mean, I mean, I wish you just needed at one point, like, in the middle of Kenny kind of bashing him for the question, but, like, dude, four games. Hold up, just hold up the number four. Four. Yeah, I mean, Chris Mack won 20 games his first season, made the tournament. Was twenty four and seven when the season got canceled because of COVID. Was probably going to be a top four seed in the NCAA tournament, and then was the very first team left out of the tournament in twenty twenty one. And we were like losing the way they did in Minnesota didn't help that, by the way. It it, it didn't. But but again, my point stands. The I'm, I'm, <laughs> thank you. Uh, we get to after having those results, we're like that's not good enough, right? Like th- something has to change, yeah. and. We're sitting here now saying four and twenty-eight is clearly not good enough. Something probably has to change. And Kenny Payne's like, "What? What? It's year one. I don't care if it's year one. I don't care if it's year seven. And you won like three national titles in your your first five seasons. Something has to change when you have something this horrible happen at a place like Louisville." And the question didn't even say, "Do you need to?" Didn't even use the word "change" in the in the question in any way. Even with the kind of bouncing around it, he was just saying, "Is there an evaluation?" Like, what are your thoughts on this? Obviously, what was a disappointing season? And Kenny's like, act as if it wasn't a disappointing season. 
Yeah, it, that's it's baffling to me. What do you think happens with the staff? I mean, do you think we that we do see changes? Because he's acting like Kenny Payne's basically saying in that press conference, if there are changes, it's not going to be for me. If somebody wants to leave, that's one thing, but I'm not firing anybody. If I'm Josh Hurd, I'm not going to make him do it. I would just say, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. But you know, this this is you. You're you're picking the ship. You might go whether you, you sink or swim with it. I mean, it's going to be on you. I'm not a big fan of advocate of, of an AD, and I was just with, with Vince. I agree with you. I agree with stepping you. in. You know, like and you hired Kenny Payne. You you hired him to trust him to hire his assistants, and whether he feels assistants need to be changed or not. I would like to see maybe a, a little wrinkle in the, in the assistants being moved. Not when, whether it be obviously Jameson or Manning would be the two that I would focus on. Maybe bringing somebody in with maybe a little better X and O history. Than Manning does, and uh, whatever the hell Jameson's there for, I don't know. Just to remind him of his Oregon days. I mean, uh, I guess. But I mean, clear there needs to be something moved. Need something. Need you can't have four wins no matter what the scenario, and not have some kind of change made. I agree with you on the first point totally. Like I think that Jurich always said he learned his lesson when he had to get rid of when Bobby left. He pressured Steve Cragthorpe into keeping some of the assistance from Petrino's tenure and then letting it be a mix of Cragthorpe's guys and, and holdovers. He said it didn't work, and it was the last time. He, goes, I, he said exactly what you said, basically, which is you, know, you hire a guy to run a program, you let them run the program. Yeah. You, there are certain things that you're going to look at, but when it comes to big-picture stuff as far as who to hire, you know, I'm not telling him who to recruit, I'm not telling him, telling him who to hire. I think that Josh would probably operate that same way and say, you know, this is on you. But again, like, but you're right. You should probably come with the addendum of, like, it's all on you. You're the CEO here. I I think that if there are changes, I think it's not going to be on Kenny's accord. Like, I think it's going to be people just leaving. Like, Danny Manning. I can see Manning being Danny Manning looks miserable. Like, he, he looked like for the last three months that there's, he'd rather be anywhere else in the world than coaching in this program. And maybe that's just his demeanor. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I would not be shocked at all if he, I think, he, I know he's being paid handsomely here, but I would not be shocked at all if he went somewhere else where he felt like he could position himself to get another head coaching job. Josh Jameson, I don't, I don't I mean, I don't know. I, like you said, I, I think like half the fan base doesn't really know who he is. Like, it's I mean, just, I just don't get the point of it. What, 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 what does he bring to the table? I mean, uh, Nolan brings recruiting supposedly as well as controversy with his kicks. Danny's supposed to bring, I guess, the coaching X's and O's experience. He's got the experience of, yeah. of being a head coach. I mean, yeah, I mean, w- w- really, what is Jameson? I mean, w- what is his role? I mean, that's why I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to. to it's fine. It's, yeah, I literally want to know. I, I don't know what happens with Josh Jameson. No one seems like the one guy who's like he's with KP. He's going to be arm in arm with KP. Like this is, they're either going to shine together or they're going to go down together. Like I don't think that he's going anywhere which is a stupid mentality by the way in a business world but okay well i mean he i think he genuinely believes in, in kenny Payne. i think kenny Payne genuinely believes in him i think that they feel like they're going to do some serious damage on the recruiting trail and this is going to get turned around but manning seems like a, i don't know it, it seems like an odd fit if he helps recruiting then that answers my question at least if you do lose manning i mean you've got to go out there and get somebody in x's nose guy you oh. you have to and you have to lean on him a little bit more than i think KP leaned on Manning. Now, when you say X and O's, does that necessarily mean it has to be a veteran X head coach? I, I mean, not necessarily, I mean, but I'd prefer it. Hand, but yeah, I mean, you know, like, let's give some of that, 
some of that Satterfield buyout money to John Beeline. Let's 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 Don't tease me with Beeline. If we're gonna now. pay Kenny Payne three and a half mil, let's give Be- Be- Beeline like three mil. You, Just you know how I, lo- I love the B. I do too. Don't I mean, tease I, me with Beeline. We need so it doesn't have to be Beeline. I prefer it to be, but you need somebody from that that cloth. I mean, <laughs> I saw that Wake Forest fans taking the Kenny Payne quote and running with it last night. After he said, you know, I've got a great staff. Like all these Wake Forest fans were like, "Are you kidding me?" Like just like you know how they feel about Danny Manning. And um, what would you say if I was like Bob Ryan? Would this, would this interest you, uh, Tom Crean? No. Seth Greenberg. No. <laughs> don't just name ESPN guys. I'm just I'm going with because I feel like that's where we'll end up going. <laughs> I don't want Crean anywhere near this program. He tried once and I didn't like it. Hey, at least Greenberg. I mean, at least we know he can get close to the tournament. <laughs> close, for sure. Which is a step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, us. maybe we'll have him bring him in next year. He can get us like right to the cusp on on maybe hearing our name. We don't make it, and then we get rid of him and bring somebody else in. Texas, at what point do we freak out about next season if we don't see players sign from the portal? I worry that Kenny will slow play this like he did last year and miss out on some players. Oh, we miss out. It's going to be. Yeah, I mean, I, if if we're into May and we've got. Let's say we get like Davion McKnight, but we still don't have anybody else really. I think then you can freak out a little bit. But I, I think that he's going to get a roster that on paper looks like it should be competitive. I won't say I I'll, feel confident. I'm not going to freak out, but I'm going to be very, very intrigued to see the first couple of games of the season, exhibition and all. I mean, if we could have like we could have a, we could have a roster of nothing but five stars, and at this point, I would be very intrigued to see the first few exhibitions yeah. based on what we just saw. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, I mean. If we come out, we just don't schedule Lenore Ryan. Just, just schedule. I don't know. We gotta play Bellarmine again, though, don't we? We play Bellarmine again next year. Yeah. Texas, I know we're going to start getting dudes, but I'm just finding it hard to root for the staff at this point. Kenny embarrassed himself last night. No one embarrasses himself on a daily basis. Even with talent, I have no confidence that these guys can coach them up. That that's a viable concern. That's one I share with that texter a little bit. Yeah, it's not a it's not an opinion that I think. It's held by, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I always base, because we, you and I are diehards. We're sitting here, we're talking about sports every single day. We're talking about this program every single day. The people listening, the people texting in, you guys are diehards. You're not going anywhere else. I always judge a lot of, I think, the the mood of the other 30, 35% of the fan base, maybe 40% of the fan base, based on kind of like what, how my friends are reacting. I've got a couple of friends who are definitely diehards, but most of them, a lot of them are, you know, they pay attention, but when things get down, like they're, they're, you know, they're checking out a little bit, especially now that we're all old and we have kids and there's more stuff going on. And they're like, like almost all of my friends to a T, like doesn't matter which friend group I'm talking about. They're all like, talk to me when this guy's gone. Like we suck. I'm not even watching games. I didn't even know they were playing yesterday. We're going to suck again next year. Like he's going to get fired after next year. Let's start worrying about who's next. Like that's where a lot of people are. And they're like, I just, I, I don't like the way that anything's happening. I don't like the way that things have been handled. I don't like the demeanor of the staff. Like, I, I, like, I'm hearing that a lot. And the only one way to rectify that, I mean, you can get, like you said, you can get a large chunk of the fan base optimistic or at least somewhat intrigued about next season with the right roster acquisitions during this off season. But that other, that, that, that. That second group of diehard fans, not potential diehard fans who kind of check out when things get a little bit tough, the only way to get them back is to start winning games at a high level. Yeah. And that's it. It's the same with football. It's the same with basketball. And until that happens, you're still going to have, you know, 
7,000 people at the games at the Yum Center. You've got to prove it on the court. Texas, the lack of understanding by KP and even Nolan to take the easiest victories laid out to them is what kills me. You won fewer games than I've now gone days without power, answering questions with more care. <laughs> Wear the right brands. You aren't too good to act so above everything. By the way, my family still doesn't have power. And my, the, my parents. The people across the street from me don't either as of, as of when I left for today. My poor dad. I mean, he's, I think he's going crazy. They had the power come on for 21 minutes last night. And then it went back out. Oh, that's such a tease. He was like, what channel is the Sacred Heart game on? He's like, I'm going to listen to it. He's like, he's like desperate to listen to anything. He's like, he was fi- trying to find the J-Town uh, DeSales game the other night. He's, yeah. like, I've, he's like, I've got to find something. He was living and dying with the Mail Trinity game last night, which apparently was an incredible game. I saw the highlights. Uh, Mail wins in double OT after a couple of buzzer beaters. Props to the Bulldogs. Win the whole thing. That Mail's been now to the Sweet 16 eight of the last 13 years. I know they won three of the last four, seventh region. Yeah. Hayworth's eight, killing it. Eight of the last 13. That's because Trinity went at least a couple. Is of them. that right though? I mean, Trinity and Ballard for a while they were going that's down what I was every thinking, year. Trinity, I don't think that's right because that because that would only leave five openings in thirteen years, and Trinity's been at least two. Trinity of them. and Ballard played in the, in the regional final for like four straight years. I feel, yeah, but how long ago was that? I mean, it was when like Snyder was there, I and mean, Trinity won, has won state twice over that time span. It's been a while. Yeah, I mean, but again, it was like within it was within the last thirteen like years. Yeah, that would have been about thirteen years ago, though. Yeah. No, I mean, he his first his Snyder's freshman year was 2014-15 here. So he'd have been okay. That'd have been yeah, that'd 2014. Been. Would have been his senior year of high school, which is within the last 13 years. And Trinity won the title in 2012. They won it in 21. Like they, yeah. I don't think that that's right. But Mail has definitely won three of the last four, for sure. I'm just reading a tweet. We, I mean, <laughs> I don't blame me. Blame the Twitter burst. I agree with the texture though. There is kind of a sense, and, and Mac had this to a lesser degree. I think maybe not to a lesser degree, but he had it. He, he had more of a reason to kind of have that cock of the walk swagger to him like the whole acting like they're above it i don't i don't like i don't care that you played at duke and coached at duke i don't care that you won a national title as an assistant at uk and that you won a national title here as a player like we need the staff has to understand that this is not good there is a lack of i think understanding about how this is all being perceived and there's this whole like we can do whatever we want we're louisville basketball you should be falling over yourself that we're even coaching your program. Like like when you're losing to Georgia Tech by a million points, like it, it just seems like they're not really fully grasping the situation at all. And I I, I just can't wrap my mind around that. Uh, anyway, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, more of your text. We read like 10 texts there, and now we have even more than we did when we started. This is It's going to be that type of day. We'll try to get to as many as we can. But it's probably going to be a day where some text just just we, we can't get to. And people have opinions. It's your show. We want to hear from you. But we'll do the best we can to get through this whole thing. Uh, 502-414-1450. We'll take a break. We'll come back. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X. Sing it. Song, song of the South. Sweet potato pie and I shut my mouth. Gone, gone with the wind. There ain't nobody looking back again.
Get it, Trev. Clean version. <laughs> what would you want to do to them all the time? <laughs> I just want to make a grown man cry. Five dollars, you tell me who this is. You've played this before, I know it. Alice in Wonderland. Ah, damn it. Because you told me. Cause the last Why do time, I keep making bad people? <laughs> I remember because I remember you saying that. Because like, I think you played this before, and I liked I have, it. Probably, yeah. I liked it, and I had never heard of, uh, of them before. And I, it sucked with it's, me. I think I put a, it it's a person, but yeah. I think I put the last song that you told me on Spotify. It's the only reason why I know. It, this is the only song I know, and I know it because of Madden. A lot of times I feel like that comes up, that you know a song because of Madden. I, it, what sucks, poor Madden, like Harlow was on the la- oh, like on last year's Madden soundtrack, and that was when I just stopped listening to the soundtrack. Poor Harlow. And poor Harlow. He, he lost those TK listens. Because I'll sit there and I'll be playing, it's always on mute, and I'll see his name come across the little screen like when the song like, starts. It's like... Huh, wonder this too. Uh, update from Greensboro Pit and George Tech have been playing a competitive game. They've all been competitive besides us. Like we're the only I'm game that was just has just been a complete ass fest. Uh Pitt looking like they're probably going to hold on here against the fighting passengers. 85-79 with about 40 seconds to play. Is this the end for the Prince of Greensboro, for the Prince of March? Is Josh Pastner about to say goodbye to the ACC? We might find out soon. We said goodbye to Mike Bray last night. I was going to say, if he does, go out like Bray does. Are they still complaining about a fish? I did like, yeah, Bray. I loved it. Bray loses to Virginia Tech in another really, really good game, 67-64. to 64. And you're, you're thinking, he's saying goodbye to Notre Dame, this place that has meant so much to him. He's been there for 23 years. He's loved the ACC, won the conference tournament back here in 2015. He's going to have some all this reflection. And no, he just... Complained about the officials. <laughs> It'd be nice like, if we had a high class officiating here. He just tonight. railed on the officials for like ten minutes, which was, was great. I, it felt appropriate. I liked it's, it. That's Mike Bray, right? We're in the league too. I mean, exactly. That's I basically mean, how he went out. He might as well just walked out. Come well, on, John Gasway. Apparently, I'm not in the league anymore. Thank God. Just shut the door as well. You know, we get treated sometimes. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, it was very good. As, as Tech trying to make this interesting. And make things weird for the fighting Jeff Greer. This would be a loss that Pitt can I didn't, ill I afford didn't, to take. I didn't see. I saw. I, I saw the highlights briefly, but I didn't really watch it much. What, did Did he have a reason to be griped over the uh, way that that game? I, honestly, I saw they called like a uh, a flagrant on, like, and it looked like a basketball play. They and, did. It was. It, it was. It was iffy. Like I understand if I, if I'm him, I'm pissed too. I didn't think it was we egregious. Want, I want that poster right there. A <laughs> pastor cutting down the net with, with, the, like, with the shield. We on. need that screenshot in like a big giant poster, but across the wall here. I did put my bobblehead that, that Kelly Dickey got for me last oh, year of him with the mask holding the championship trophy. I did put it up next to the TV yesterday as I was watching games in the basement. Felt wanted to feel like it was March, but may say goodbye to our prince here. But no, I, I think let me distract you. Sorry. No, Bray. I didn't think it was egregiously bad against Notre Dame. They had the game won. They should have won the game. Yeah. And they kind of they spit the bit a little bit late. But if I'm him, I'm probably complaining a little bit. But he, I thought it was a little bit over the top. But I liked it. That's, that's Bray's. That's Bray. That's his chick, right? We're going to miss him. The yeah. ACC's cool dad is gone. We also, I don't know if you heard it all. He's going to be in the Big East, maybe with Pekino. I mean, the Big East is going to be the funnest one to cover again. It sounds like St. John's is not going to pursue recovery. Oh, which makes John's, sense. What are you? What are you, ignorant? Yeah, they are. I mean, come on. Yeah, well, they hired Mike Anderson, so. Yeah. <laughs> what was what was the other coach they hired for so long? They had Jarvis. Well, they hired Chris Mullen, too. Yeah. <laughs> A series of poor decisions over the years. But earlier this morning, Wake Forest beat Syracuse on a buzzer beater by Davian Williamson. They, you know, the postgame presser, there's a lot of talk about Beheim 78. He seems to, you know that he's clearly on the way out at some point. Like, this is the, you know, 
both in life and in, in coaching. Like this is, he's entered the latter stages of both here. He's, he's 78. I mean, you don't see very many like 85, 90 year old coaches in college basketball. So you know, the end is coming soon for his tenure at Syracuse. And so, you know, you're going to get these questions. He was not shocked like Kenny Payne was with the, the line of questioning, no, really. <laughs> but you know, he said he didn't come out and say anything definitively. He did say, you know, Syracuse, it's always up to them whether or not I come back. But the way that he talked, there was a lot of reflection. There was a lot of, you know, my 47 years here, you know, this has happened. This, It all, just listening to it, it kind of made me think that this is it, that he's going to be gone, which I know he's become curmudgeon in recent years, and he says some stuff that has annoyed me. It'll still be sad for me to see Jim Bayheim go. He's an institution. It's still it's still, it's still, a part of your, your childhood almost. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's one that's, of those That's constants. what it is. It's just one of those things, yeah, that you just another just memory you grew up with. I mean, when you first started watching basketball and you do your, your, your favorite time of watching basketball, which to me is like your early, you know, early when you're probably 10, you know, early twenties when, you know, life and death is all surrounds your favorite team. And, and that's just, yeah. I mean, like you say, even with Bray to a degree, I mean, like they talk about him being mm-hmm. a legend and stuff. I mean, he's been there 23 years, but that was, you know, in 2000, they showed his introductory press conference. He looks so young. It's crazy. I mean, well, Notre Dame will do that to you. I mean, <laughs> well, also 23 years will do that. to Yeah, you. true. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. Whether you hate him, you 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 love him. Whether you think he should have retired ten years ago, whether you just you just despise him, you can't help but have a little bit of you be sad to see a part of your childhood leave again. And that's and that's with Jim Beheim's career. I kind of feel that's the same way about you know Vitel, who's been you know, off and on yeah. with like he was so much a part of college basketball in the '90s when I was really falling in love with it. Even though he wasn't my favorite announcer over the years, seeing him you know kind of become a shell of himself, have problems. Yeah. Have problems using his voice and having to miss games. Cause he's sick. Whenever he does choose to call it a career, uh, I'll, I'll be sad to see him go. Like you, these fixtures become fixtures. And when they leave, it, it's certainly jarring. I Bayheim, remember I remember the days you buy the Vitale magazine to like, I got his autograph I when mean, he was yeah. at Holly cook back in the day, signed a, a book. I love the Holly cook reference. Though. Yeah. I, the Bayheim thing, I kind of feel like whenever he does go, you know, if it's now or a year from now or five years from now, he's not going to do the Coach K thing. I think it'll just be like, I don't think there'll be any pop in circumstance. I think a story will break. Somebody, some insider in a couple of days, if, if this is the way that it does play out, will be like hearing that Jim Bayheim's going to announce his retirement. Like it'll, it'll be out there. He'll have a quick press conference and that'll be it. Like that seems to be like the Bayheim way. Yeah. It'll be, I mean, maybe we just saw it just now. Like he's just not even going to tell anybody. He can do press yeah. conference. Like, hey, guess what? Yeah, you know, I retired. I mean, I just watched a really cool documentary on Netflix about Bill Russell and, and talking about the way he retired from the NBA and as as a player coach, where he told no one. And then, you know, after the '69 series, just a random reporter said, "You know, what's your future?" And he goes, "You know, it's funny you ask. This is my last game." Yeah, and it was like kind of like I didn't. I mean, out of nowhere, it's like what? Huh? I mean, wouldn't decided it, like halftime of our game this, supposedly. A, yeah. yeah after no after the game after the after, after they won a fan came the story is and who knows if it's true or not a fan came up to him and was like i bet you felt like you owed us that after last year because they lost the final four of the year before and he was like if this is the expectation now this is not fun anymore i'm done told his team after the game hey let's play hard against kentucky in the national title game because it's my last one and that was it like, he was fans, done. Tell your fans to blame him. They only did that because he knew we were going to beat him. Well, blame that guy. Blame that one <laughs> a-hole fan who said that to him. Yeah, well, guess what? You wouldn't even play him if it weren't for Terry Howard. Now, that's another one. Whoa, whoa, Leave whoa. Terry Howard. I alone. know, I know. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. I think you're right. That's, but Bayheim will be without 
without flyers. The year and, tour yeah. and yeah, getting yeah. reclining chairs and all that Could stuff. The Kareem Abdul-Jabbar tour that we yeah. Yeah, that was so famous. He spent a whole year getting rocking chairs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Texas says, I assume this is directed to you. I think this is the mom guy. Your mom finished me off Monday night as well. <laughs> is that where she was? Uh, this guy's married, by the way. Is he? Yeah. How what, do you know this? Are you been texting I, that guy? Yeah, I think I texted him back something. He made a reference about his wife once. Wow. Like, dude, come on, man. I like it even more now. <laughs> I just want to know what it does for a living, because if you're going to be pops, I need to know that you're going to support me. Texture says, Mike, I'm afraid Louisville basketball is getting ready to go through what IU basketball has or UT football. Irrelevant team going forward. Kenny is clueless, and his comments last night were unbelievable. Comments made me mad, more mad than the game. 500 is at best what Kenny will do here. UT football's been going through it for like 24 years. We keep getting those comparisons, too. Like Those are the, the obvious ones that keep coming up. And what about Nebraska football? Why didn't that one come up? Yeah, I mean, they work as well. Another one, yeah. I mean, this, <laughs> there's so many you could do. I'd be... I'd be lying if I said that it didn't cross my mind, that it's not a genuine concern, that we fall into this vicious cycle of, you know, thinking we're going to be back and having a couple of good. We've kind of already been doing that the last like five, six years. Remember when Chris Mack comes out at Louisville Live? He's like, I keep hearing about this dark cloud. Looks pretty bright out here right now. And people are like, this is the moment we're back. And it's like, well, let's maybe play some games. Sounds see like what... green third, second and third year at IU. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we keep having, you know, the Michigan game and we feel like this is what the Yum Center is supposed to be. We're back again. And it just, it hasn't happened, and I think you do. Whenever you have more seasons like this, the brand gets tarnished more and more. You, you know, we don't have the recruiting bump that we had from winning a national title. Kids nowadays, the kids that we're recruiting don't remember they they were too young to remember winning us a national title ten years ago. It's I mean they were eight. I mean, I mean the seniors. I mean that's the current class. But like that's now we're recruiting like sixteen, fifteen year old kids. Like they don't. They, they were five or six when we were winning a national title. And some, I mean, and even the kids who are old enough to remember it, like when you're seven years old, you're probably not falling in love with college basketball. Like I kind no. of remember a few things here and there from when I was seven and eight. I but, was closer to nine or 10 actually. Yeah. Yeah. When I really have fond memories and, and, you know, vivid memories of watching college basketball it was more when I was nine, 10, 11, 12, around that age. So you're, you're losing that. And the longer it takes to get back to being nationally relevant, the more I think it, becomes a difficult climb. I, I mean, I still think that we have inherent built-in advantages that should, assuming we get the right coaches in place here, prevent us from falling that far. But it's a concern. Yeah. Um, I think also when it comes to Kenny Payne is, I worry that a large portion of the fan base is, kind of talking itself into like, well, you know, Kenny Payne, it'll get better. It'll get better. Of course it's going to get better. We won four games. Well, I don't say that. The, the, the question becomes, do you think Kenny Payne can win a national championship here? Do you think a coach that just did what we saw him do, lead a team that, look, was talent efficient, sure, but certainly, I would hope that most people would agree, even people who think he's going to get right, certainly had more talent than it a four-win team should have. Can a person who just did that get to the highest of highs? Because there have been coaches who have had bad seasons at lower programs when they've gotten here. There haven't been the worst seasons for guys like Coach K and Rick Pitino and John Calipari. They haven't been that bad. Can Kenny Payne be the exception? 
And if you don't believe that, if you think that yeah, he can, he can be good, we can make tournaments, we can maybe get to a Sweet 16 in a few years, we can have talent. If you don't think he can win a national championship, what are we doing here? That's the goal. This is Louisville. I'd be right now. I would say no. By the way, to that question, I would too. I mean, I mean, because listen, when you go through the history of basketball, I mean, you don't have too many shot in the dark coaches who win that stuff. You, you see it in professional sports more often than not. We're like, that guy won a title, you know. But in college basketball, I mean, who, Kevin Ollie's kind of the only one. Kevin Ollie on there. I mean, who else? I mean, maybe Jim Herrick at UCLA a little bit. I mean, a little bit. That would I mean, kind of I work. I can see where you would think he's not as good a coach as some would. But outside that, who? I mean, it, you, Gary Wood. No one's ever going to say Gary Williams was a bad coach. You'd be an idiot if you did. He just got one national title, though. Jim Beheim, we just talked Beheim, about as a yeah. great coach. He just got one national title. Izzo, I mean, same way, yeah. Izzo, I mean, Stesky, I mean, maybe Tartanian, but even him, I mean, he went to multiple Final Fours at UNLV. It's hard to have a fluky national title in this game. Yeah, I mean, Ollie's by far, I mean, at least in the modern day. I mean, I don't know. He's the only one. Yeah. And that team. Maybe right, the only one, yeah. And that team stands out in virtually every metric, too. I, mean, like, I can't tell you what, a lot about George Ireland when he won the title with the 63 Lola Ramblers. Yeah, you, but, you can't go that far. <laughs> The, the, that 2014 UConn team, they're an outlier in every respect. Every time you Everything. have a like, like a the last 30 title teams fit this criteria except for one, it's always that UConn team. It was a fluky tournament. They had a fluky run. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say anything more bad about them because they beat Kentucky and saved us from that. But <laughs> besides that, it was just a weird, weird team in a it weird was. year. I mean, we saw them firsthand on senior day lose to us by 33 points. That same team just a month later was going to win the national title. Uh, they're they're an outlier, but more times than not, you're not going to have a just a whatever head coach cut down the nets. You have to be the cream of the, of the crop. Yeah. You've got to be the creme de la creme. And can Kenny Payne get there? I think it's a it's a, it's a huge it was a huge question twelve months ago when we hired him without any head coaching experience. It's certainly a question that looms even larger a year into his his tenure, where the only evidence that we have is the worst season in the history of the program. Texas says, Mike, what are the chances that KP can make a big move and get Ross McMains back to Louisville? <laughs> Is he back in New Zealand? I thought he was back in town a few weeks ago. I don't know why, but he was back in town a few weeks ago. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Texas says, that press conference, what the actual crap. Be accountable. My God. Is bare minimum self-awareness really something that we have to say that we want our head coach to have? I don't know if he avoided accountability. He just avoided, like, why he just for some reason was in shock that the question was even asked because he thinks that they did a great job, which is avoiding accountability. I think, I think, well, I think, I think his mind he's worded is more if they did as good a job as they can, maybe. So he said, he said they did a great job. I mean, we gave it, we gave it our all. He kind of said that he did a great job too. He's like, I didn't cheat these kids one day. He said that he uses that phrase every press conference, I think. And he's a lot of the same phrases. Oh, well, yeah, that's a given. There, there, there was a point where they lost the press conference while I was driving, and I was just like, I, I don't even know if they could bring it back. I could just sit there and repeat what he's saying. Like, it comes, it's like, it like if a song drops, you know the lyrics to already. Yeah. And it comes back on, and you're right on key, and you're still singing along. Yeah. That's how I felt with the press conference with Kenny Kane last night. <laughs> like, it dropped for like 30 seconds. And I'm like, yeah, well, we, we gave it all. We gave it our all. We showed our heart. They just didn't give enough effort. The other team's better, well coached. Like, as soon as they came back on, it was like, it was like the team's well coached. I'm like, see? <laughs> Texas Kenny Payne seems to not give a bleep. Uh, he says the S word if we win or lose. Maybe he thinks that we're playing for participation trophies. It's unreal that we are just okay with bringing this coaching staff back. Good luck selling that to the fans next year. Josh Hurd, go cards. I think the team gave a bleep to, 
to a degree. Certain players, I think, did. Every now and then. Yeah. But not. But it's hard. I mean, you also got to be you're also talking about 18-year-old kids who are just, I mean, dealing with the, the, the losing and the stress. I mean, that's, that's, it's hard to bring it for 32 games for 40 minutes a game at that level when you have everything off the court you're dealing with. I mean, I, I, it's hard. I give them that. I mean, you saw. I mean, L. Ellis was notably frustrated. He, you know, people were making a, a big deal about him walking away. He he just walked, I think, to compose himself. He did come back and shake hands. Yeah, wasn't, he, he didn't go in the tunnel, which was what James people punched the, the James smacked the pillow cushions which away. I had no problem with. I like. I yeah, like, I, I mean, he that. was that. I, I like my. I, I'm gonna go on a limb. This is gonna be maybe the worst thing I've said since I thought honest when I predicted honest my movie feature. But Mike James progresses. That's the kid who has an NBA level talent. Today's NBA game, if he can at least get more consistency on his three point shot, he, is, he will play at the He's got to learn how to handle the ball better. He's so he's, he's just such a good job of getting in the lane, though. But he's really loose with the dribble. He is a little bit. He also, here's the one thing that, that I, I like Mike a lot. I really hope he stays and continues to develop. In his mind, he's never committed a foul. Like he's that player who every single oh, foul, yeah. he's like throwing his hand. He's like he can't, he can't believe it. He's shocked. Like he committed, he probably committed eight fouls yesterday in the game. They called him for five, and every single time, he just was, he was shocked. There was a game I did on Monday for for New Albany and Jennings. I, I worked the board, and, and my our, our man John Spears did the game solo, by the way, and did a great job as always. But of course, he did. I can't remember who the player was that, that's committed the foul. And I can't remember his name, but Spears had the great line. He goes, so and so. Has not committed a foul in three years at New Albany, if you ask him, but he just committed his fourth <laughs> of this game, according to the reps. That's that, that's James. I mean, that was the I love the fire, but like, I'm like great line by Spears. <laughs> there were a couple times where I'm like, dude, you just clotheslined him. <laughs> like, yeah, that was that was a foul. That's fine. He's very bull in a china shop when it comes to his play, but I like that as well. No, oh, yeah, he is. Texas says, oh, I can't say that. Wow, really. I'm not surprised that we've had more we have had more of those today. Texas Trevor keeps saying trailer. I think he means trainer. Oh, do I keep saying trailer? You do. It's fine. We, we, people know who you're talking about. And amazingly, I don't call him Taylor. <laughs> Texas after yesterday, I have zero faith in this coaching staff to turn this around next year. KP showed zero accountability from himself or the staff after the loss. I don't care if we land the ten best transfers going into next year. I just don't think anyone on this coaching staff is cut out to lead a winning team. I hope I eat these words next year, but I highly doubt it. There we go again. Hope I'm wrong. We're all going to say it a million times. Hope I'm wrong. You can't debate them because this coaching staff didn't do anything to I mean. Texas, I don't know how to say this politely, but KP's press conference just furthers my belief, my fears, that he doesn't properly grasp the situation or honestly grasp the basic fundamentals of roster building or strategy. He just seems aloof. I think he grasps it. I hope so. I mean, it's why I keep saying I'm choosing to believe that it's just poor messaging because if not then he's just like how could you not grasp that how, how could you not understand like I mean, we, you, like like you brought up earlier we, we were blown away that chris mack couldn't understand that there would be a little bit of heat people, not people saying like he's got to get fired he's got to no, get no. fired but people who are a little bit upset about us missing the tournament with the acc player of the year runner-up an nba player in david johnson a mcdonald's all-american and sam williamson like he was shocked that people were critical of that and we we're like how can you I mean it's, it's louisville and now we're sitting here and we're like, I mean, yeah, people are upset. You won four games. <laughs> like, that's even more of, of a, a disbelief. You know what the standard is here. You played here. You've seen this program from up close when you were at UK. You know what the fans want. You know that 4-28 and 28 is a million miles away from that. I don't even think our record against the spread was good enough to make the tournament. Oh, no. Not even close. Well, we had we at least won 10 games with against the spread, didn't we? 
I don't. I mean, I know we didn't cover the spread in our first eleven. But then, what was the streak we did? Didn't we go like four straight against the spread? I know we we went four straight to end the season without covering it. I know well, that. I know that too. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Fully aware of that one as well, buddy. There was a brief period there where like Vegas completely overcorrected, and they're like, you know, they're like NC State, you're a 37 point underdog against the Wolfpack, where we started covering some spreads. But I feel like because we had that little, uh, I'm not sure we covered it ten times. Really, I wonder if we did cover it ten times. By the way, we are right now 293 on Ken Palm. We dropped uh, a couple spots after yesterday. And let's let's get ready for the game of our life, the game of March, the game of March for us tonight. Washington State versus California. I thought that was last night. Okay. So no, back to what tournament starts today. Okay. If Cal loses, we are guaranteed to not have the worst record in power conference basketball. Come on, Cougars. So I've been we'll, rooting on a Cougar this Go Cougars! I haven't been this hyped for a Cougar since I hung out at Jim Porter's, baby. Oh, the low-hanging fruit. Well done. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, 5 o'clock hour is up. <laughs> 5 o'clock hour is up. We will uh, rehash some of our, our thoughts from earlier in the show. We'll also try to get through these 757 texts on the text line. We'll do the best we can. Hour number three is on the way next. Keep it locked right here on Last time for the 2022-2023 Louisville men's basketball season. Hour number three here on a Let's Talk About It Wednesday. The last Let's Talk About It day of this year. As the Cards finished 4-28 after a first-round ACC tournament loss to Boston College yesterday. By the way, I'm just seeing, I'm, I'm checking the scoreboard real quick. Colorado and Washington are tied at 66. I'm like, oh, let's get that on. It's on the Pac-12 network. We can't. No, it doesn't no, exist. No, no, no. There's no hope. There's, there's no way to get it on. But we do have. I, I want to know if someone does actually have Pac-12 Network. It, nobody does. It's not real. It's not an actual I, thing that exists. I see it on my guide, and, but it just won't let me order it. Like, no. I, like can I buy this? Like, no. no, no, you can't access it. It's impossible. Uh, uh, we do have our second final of the day from the ACC tournament. Pittsburgh does advance 89-81, potentially ending the Georgia Tech career of one Joshua Pastner. We'll see what happens there. Uh, all eyes on the future there for Tech as well. But Pitt and Wake Forest advance to the quarterfinals today. We've got uh, two more games coming up tonight. But Louisville, unfortunately, will not be involved. That's what we've spent the bulk of the first two hours talking about. I get the feeling, I mean, the game has kind of become secondary to the Kenny Payne post-game press conference and questions that have resulted uh, from that press conference about 
whether or not he really understands that four and twenty-eight is bad, whether or not he thinks that actually they did a good job this year. What the hell are we going to do to make sure this doesn't happen again? That's where the billion texts that we've gotten have been focused on. That's what you and I have talked a little bit about. But let's I do have an update, by the way. An update on what? Uh for those that are wondering Just general because update because the season is officially done. Okay. And the dream of winning five in a row has been kaput. Mission eleven straight derailed. Mission <laughs> after mission one. Mission one, yeah. Even Apollo, even the even the damn Apollo ship made it to the into the atmosphere. It's one of those SpaceX launches <laughs> yeah. where they they had to just <laughs> scrap it after not even launching, not even firing anything. Uh, but so uh, I did reach out right after the game. I think it was at halftime of the game actually. Uh, Scoots was unable to make it in today, but he is planning on coming in tomorrow. Oh, to, to accept his his victory. So we can yeah we can we can get that officially on the record. I don't know if you want to video it or anything, but. We can do it live on the air, whatever. And, uh, Scoots texted me today. Actually, I'm gonna hand him over, uh, hand him over some cash. It's gonna be a sad moment. It's gonna be, yeah. I mean, how am I gonna? Who's gonna buy my grapes? Scoots texted me today at exactly the same time. This is a humble brag. That's not even humble. As David Paget texted me, like the, at the exact same time, I get texts from David Paget and Scooter Dingus popping up in my phone. Scooter asking about. Never me. So, I'll, I'll give him your number. <laughs> Can we tell him that this guy's obsessed? With I'll be you? like, by the way, here's Trevor's number. He has He's a like, giant who? Giant man crush on you. you he, just, just text him and say hi. Scooter, <laughs> Scooter texted me to be like, "Is the new masterpiece show out for this week?" I was like, <laughs> I was like, no. I was like, we didn't do one this week. Already requests. Scoots, come on. Already getting requests. He gets five hundred dollars, and he's just now. He's just he's making maybe he's talking making about, demand. Maybe he wants to buy advertising time on it. Maybe he does. Maybe he can be our first big sponsor. We can make that happen. Uh, five up on this week's show: LeBron James and Scoot Scooter Kalen. Dingus. Scooter Dingus. And we just call him Scooter Dingus. Master, we don't even ask him what his real name is. Like I'm P, you're Dingus. We're good. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton Sax line. I mean, we uh, we don't need to rehash everything that we said. Just quick summary. I knew we were losing five minutes into the game. Yeah. We didn't seem to care at all, which was wildly disappointing in a you know, scenario situation where you can save your season. You can flip the script. You can change the narrative completely by having one good week of basketball or one good two or three stretch day stretch of basketball, and we came out and just could not have cared less. And it was disappointing. And then Kenny Payne after the game, being shocked that somebody might ask about his future, shocked that somebody might ask about his staff's future, was just added insult to injury. It was, I mean, I still don't know how to process what we just witnessed. Like, what just happened over the last four months? I, I thought it was going to be bad. And I, I think I tweeted this out in the first half of the Lenore Ryan game. I think I said, I thought it was going to be bad. It is, what, 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 are, you, what are you doing? Syracuse has made official this was Bayham's last game. Oh, I'm getting a retweet right now from Kyle Boone saying breaking. I don't know how much Kyle Boone can be respected. Uh, Syracuse coach Jim Bam is retiring. The school just announced associate head coach Adrian Autry. He, they just put out the release. Name the program's next head coach. Syracuse just put out a release. A legendary coaching tenure that turned this program into a perennial national power. It comes to a close after 47 years. Thank you, Coach Bayham. And the release is out. Wow. That is. I mean, we, 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 called, we were right. That was the way he was going to retire. <laughs> Pop and circumstance. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no fluff, no big tour, no, yeah. It's just, I mean, that's the zone defense for you. Now this does. So there's. Uh, are you familiar with the at coaching changes Twitter account? I'm not. I didn't. I'm not so it's a, it's a mostly I think fun, like, like kind of deals in parody. They're right about half the time. They th- just throw a lot of stuff against the wall. 
but there are times where like I thought I, I thought the coaches they were like yeah they they've got this one right, but I, I think sometimes they just kind of make stuff up. But they had put out like four days ago. We're hearing that this ACC tournament will be Jim Beheim's last, and that he'll announce shortly after the retirement, uh, shortly after they lose that that he's retiring. And this is notable because last night they tweeted out just heard from a well placed source in Kentucky that the Louisville administration is growing concerned with the current staff's ability to coach slash prepare slash recruit slash win in the ACC. Slash everything. <laughs> Which a, a bunch of people sent it to me. I'm like, what What gave it away? Was it the 4-28 record? Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that they are, yeah, have, they've been growing concerned whether or not they, they say it publicly or not. Of course you're going to have some concern after a season like that. But uh, they, they definitely called the Bayheim thing, although they weren't the only ones who thought that maybe this I was mean, going to end. Yeah. I said it was weird listening to him after the game today. He wasn't saying anything definitive, but he did sound overly reflective. He was talking about his career. He was talking about 47 years here and all this stuff. And it kind of led me to believe that he was going to call it a career, but I didn't think it was going to be this immediate or anything. And also naming his successor is kind of. Well, he dropped. He's been there for like 13 years. Still like played. He played there, which according to his Wikipedia page was recruited heavily by Louisville and UK. I think a lot of people thought that this would be a search, but. That's that's interesting. He's a coach in waiting, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Syracuse, I felt like I could. It doesn't really surprise. Syracuse seems like a. I mean, they are Jim Beheim, right? I sure. Mean, I, I mean, yeah. For sure. I mean, UConn is 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 you know Calhoun and Chesky is Duke and yada yada yada. North Carolina doesn't have to worry about that. They're Dean Smith if you want, but but in all those cases, we've all had predecessors of alumni and coaching staff move up, right? Every squad just mentioned. Uh, which one did you mention? I mentioned Calhoun at UConn. He was replaced by Ollie, who wasn't when he on his staff when he when he took over. I don't know. Can't remember either. I know Guthridge obviously was was Dean Smith. Yes. We've seen with Duke we're now. I mean, Shire, yeah, yeah. Syracuse. I mean, it's, it doesn't surprise me that this is their first go. Now, whether they have patience yeah. with them is a horse of a different color. But you know, I, I could. Because originally it was going to be Mike Hopkins was the coach in waiting. Yeah, and now and he took the Washington job. And he took the Washington job, and now this coach. Uh, it says he's been there since assistant since eleven to sixteen as an assistant associate head coach sixteen to now, so he clearly in sixteen I think is when Hopkins left for Washington. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now I, I'm looking at this. It does strike me as odd that we have a press release announcing Beheim's retirement that does not quote Jim Beheim. That's <laughs> unusual, and I wonder if it's some sort of sign that maybe he wasn't fully on board with this. Because I mean, he said at the at the post game press conference like two hours ago. Yeah. You know, a five-minute rant. What? He went on like a five-minute rant about it. Well, he basically just said, like, they'll tell me whether or not they want me to be the coach. Like, he wasn't – he didn't sort of flirt with – he didn't say, like, I'm thinking about retiring. It's going to be my decision. He was like, I'll say the same thing I say every year. If they want me back next year, I'll be back. If not, blah, 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 blah. Now, he did get a little bit reflective, which led me to believe that it was coming to a close. But I wonder if this was more their call than his. And, and not being quoted in his own press release seems to maybe hint at that. But – Regardless, it's it's interesting. Okay, I'm sorry. I got distracted by one other thing. I'm not shocked. No, this this one this one will surprise you. You want to hear you want to hear the a headline you, that you should never read. Okay. This is a scoop according to uh, uh, Alex Sherman. WWE is in talks with Colorado and Michigan gaming regulators on legalized betting on their matches. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yes. The, the the matches that are scripted and picked out to winners, they want to do gambling odds on. Anyway, going back to the the, the Kenny Payne thing, I, yeah. I think our Sorry. our big takeaways. Well, first of all, let me ask you this: okay. 
four and twenty-eight season. What's your fondest memory from this year? And don't just say, "Well, it's being it being over." What's your fondest memory from the past four months that were? Watching the 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 progress of Trainer and James. Okay, that's a good answer. And that's his name right this time. You did nailed it. Yeah, that that honestly, more even more with JJ because. He was. I was so disappointed. Like I didn't have. You hated thing. JJ. Well, I didn't hate him. It's just you I wanted him kicked to the curb. You wanted him thrown in the Ohio. If you remember, you said those words. We've been here long enough together now. You remember going into last year. You know, he was the guy I was so excited to see in terms of how much he could progress because I, you know, I, I thought I saw the rawness in his freshman year, and then last year was so weird and so wonky and just the in and out and the whole thing that I, I was just. I, I was very pleasantly happy to see the way he was given an opportunity. He became a better player, a better all-round player. He's improved. I mean, even improved defensively slightly. I mean, I know it's saying a lot, but it was from beginning of the year, he did slightly improve. He's our best shot blocker for sure. I mean, yeah, he did the Hakeem Warwick thing. There's a Syracuse reference there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, him and then James, watching him, like, when watching him in the first game of the season – and saying this kid's got some raw potential. I like. I can't wait to see how he does over the year and him getting better and better through the season. Enough to where those two names have me excited to see who go with them going into next year. I like that answer. I, I was just going to give the generic bland answer of everything that happened on the Clemson night. Just honoring the 2013 team. Playing easily their best game of the season. Being the only team that they, you know, and it, only one of their four wins that came over a team with a pulse that... He has a chance to make the NCAA tournament. Like that was a, they deserved that night. Besides that, it's you know the Western game was fun too, scoring ninety four points and and all that. But not one actual game is on my list. Yeah, I don't blame you. I, I mean, mean it's just again, it's just me thinking of I guess the future as well. But yeah, just those two and disappointing might be other than just the win win loss total would be Honey Hatfield through the season because. I mean, along the same lines of where I saw with James early in the year, I saw him. I feel as a kid has a great skill. And you nailed it. You were like, he's a six, he's a six ten BJ King. Like you watch him and you think there, how there's no way this kid can't be successful. Yeah, and it's just he's, but somehow he's not. What he does next is one of the more intriguing decisions on this roster. To Very me. much. Because like, I think you feel good about James coming back because he's got a good relationship with Payne and you want him back. Trainer, kind of the same way. Exactly. Um, I, I think. I think most of the fan, I don't want to speak for everybody, kind of has the opposite feel when it comes to Sidney Curry and Jalen Withers and uh, Roosevelt Wheeler. And I think, like, I go ahead. Saying, I think Withers can be a good player. I just think it's just best for everyone. If he just I think everybody, I, I think. I, no, seen, and no hard feelings at all, by the way. I've seen family. very few Louisville people clamoring for Withers to come back. But with Huntley Hatfield, it seems like he's the one guy where people are sort of split. He's clearly got the talent to be a player at this level. I mean, he's a five-star recruit. He showed glimpses of, of being potentially brilliant last year at Tennessee. He's shown less flashes this year, but every now and then you saw his skill set. But does he want to be the type of player that Kenny Payne wants from this roster? Can he be that dog? Can he be that? I mean, I think that he's been he spent the entire season thinking about, and he's admitted this, and Payne said it, he wanted to be a one-and-done here. He wanted to be here for one season and go to the NBA and be a lottery pick. That's clearly not going to happen. So where does your mind go from from here? When you've been thinking NBA, NBA, NBA since you got here, if you're coming back for year two, are you buying into this culture? Are you putting yourself aside for the benefit of, of Louisville basketball? I, I don't know. I mean, does he even want to do that? Does Kenny Payne even want him back for that? Is, is he one of the guys who you know, he was talking about when he said, We've got to have some difficult conversations. I mean, here, here's the quote that Payne had when he talked about 
the roster and, and what he's going to do moving forward. This was with the conversation after the game with Jody Demling, not the press conference. But he said, I've got to sit down with each person and we've got to come up with a strategy, a plan. What we're looking for and what I'm looking for. Some of it, to be honest, it's not going to be what they want to hear. Some of it may not be what I want to hear. We'll figure it out. We'll meet with each player. We'll see who deserves, as I said in the beginning, to be in that jersey. Who understands what it means to be in that jersey? Who's up for the obligations of being in that jersey? And if not, I had a year to evaluate it. If you don't deserve to be in that jersey, as much as I love you, I can't have you in that jersey. I feel like he's used that same kind of phrase. On he has. Game, he, I agree, yeah. He has, but now that the end of the season is here, he's basically saying, like, there's some kids that we're going to talk to and be like, you're not going to be here. You need to find somewhere else to go. And I, I wonder if he's thinking about Huntley Hatfield in that discussion. I think it's pretty obvious that he thinks, I think he's thinking of Withers. I think he's thinking of Wheeler. I think he's thinking of Curry. Uh, maybe, I don't Basilio or Reed are, are a huge question mark. I can't imagine they want to be here after not playing at all. But Huntley Hatfield is the one where I just, I don't know where Payne stands on him, and I have no idea what he wants to do. And the fan base, I think, is kind of torn too. I tell you, the best way to sum up, Huntley Hatfield's in kind of season in a nutshell. There was a play, I can't remember the time frame in the game now. And it was, he, he made a nice little pass, like a, a quick one step pass to, I want to say it was either Lands or El. It, was, it, was, it wasn't Ellis's three. I think it was Lands when he hit his one three. But it was somebody, it was, it wasn't Ellis. It was either Trainer, it was one of the threes that was hit, which they were few and far between, so it shouldn't be too hard to find in the yeah. video. <laughs> and, but, but the shot was made nonetheless. And like, Boston College quickly got the ball out and was pushing it down. And as they're pushing it up, Hunley's kind of half-assed jogging. He's looking at his man to, like, the left, knowing he's not, like, his man's not running past him. But as he's doing that half-assed jogging, the ball handler just runs right yeah. past him. Yeah. And he ends up, I, I want to say, he ended up getting a fouled by someone. I want to I want to say trainer's the one that fouled him, that, that hauled past. But both, both of them just passed Hunley at that field. He's just jogging, looking. And it's great you're looking at your man and your man's not doing it. It just kind of summed up this whole season with him of, of self-awareness, For sure. maybe, and just kind of the half-ass attitude. Honestly, what summed up the whole season was him not jumping over Jack Harlow and winning a dunk contest because of it. We, that, we, we, it set the tone for the whole damn year. We, we talked about how and they, how they tried to act like it was so big. and He's so, like, I made it. We're like, yeah, you made it. You didn't jump over him, the, though. It's the whole point. They show the still frame picture like on, <laughs> on the, the tweet. Of it. Like, it looks like he's literally jumping over him, but it's like, how many angles did you have to do in Chopping up this picture to make it look that way. We should have known we were bleeped right then and there. Like, well, I mean, if that, and, and then he won. They gave him all tens. I'm like, I he know. didn't even, he didn't even do the dunk. He barely cleared his shoulder. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> I got this. Uh, Kyle Boone notes that That's on the, February 4th, Jim Beheim made the public allegation that Wake Forest quote bought a team and college athletics were being ruined. A month later, almost exactly a month later, Wake Forest beat Syracuse at the buzzer. And winds up ending Beheim's career. What a world. <laughs> what a world. Um, we, we shared our thoughts on this season. I think, you know, we, you and I talked about last night's game. We talked about our thoughts on Kenny Payne's comments. If you want to rehash all of that, you can listen to the podcast. Uh, you can hear the first hour. We've got a million texts to try to get to. We, right. we want to hear your thoughts at 502 414 1450. We got 40 minutes. Just read them, buddy. Let's we'll get go. to as many as we can. All right. Texture said, we also had a new intro. That's the other big thing today. Trevor changed the intro. It's a new page. We're turning a new leaf. New life, new face. My heart rate's gone better because the team's season, not playing new anymore. Hairstyle. Yeah. We're feeling, you got the. The lesbian look. <laughs> Tell me it doesn't look like it. Hey, you're not wrong. Like, I feel like I'm a 2001 confused young lady walking and going, I want, I want the Ellen DeGeneres. You. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's. 
I mean, you do kind of look like it. I don't know. You could be an Indigo Girls video from the nineties. Oh yeah. Like I like I, tomorrow's all the songs gonna be Katie Lang. That's fine. Constant craving. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Texture says, "Who has more self awareness, Kenny Powers or Kenny Payne?" You ever watched these found down? Did you? I've seen I've seen enough clips to like okay. know. Uh, I think I've I've watched a couple of episodes here and there with friends, but I've never like sat down and watched it from start to finish. First season's decent. That's, That's what you said. Yeah, yeah. After that, it kind of it's not. But you know what? It's you also have to have a, a, a Danny McBride sense of humor. He, he's got anything Danny McBride touches. It, it's pretty much all the same. And if you like that type, and he's gold. Yeah, I love him. And you love it, like like even the uh, Righteous Gemstones. I love the first season. I couldn't even get in the second season. Texas tough first year, but at least we have DJ Wagner, AJ Johnson, and that star-studded <laughs> class from, from Payne, the recruiting guru, to look forward to next season. Oh wait, uh, DJ Wagner. That's another one about the recruiting. I mean, you, you got to make up for the fact that. A majority of this fan base was accepting you as your as our head coach on the premise that you were bringing DJ Wagner. I tell you what can't happen now though is you've got everybody in the world saying that that Dennis Evans is going to commit. He's a five star kid. He's going to be your first five star recruit. Uh, he'll help you out in the front court next season. He's coming to visit this weekend. Like TCU apparently is the only school that is within shouting distance of you. And look, it's I, I know they had a better year. <laughs> they did. They're losing some big guys, but still, it's TCU versus Louisville. You can't lose Dennis Evans now. Like that, that's a must. We, we know that he's a heavy. I mean, everybody in the world is predicting that this, this kid is going to go to Louisville. You've got to land Dennis Evans. It's it's gone from now being like a surprise boost to like something that absolutely has to happen if you're going to start this offseason right. Um, I mean, we, we tanked our ACC tournament run just so we could be in town back for his visit. Hey, we're like, AJ Johnson couldn't make Louisville live. We, we can't screw this up. <laughs> we're planning the visit, we're going to be fine. The, the one thing that I do, I was talking with, with somebody about this last night, is if we had hired anybody else, if we had hired Scott Drew, and he had, in, in this moment was like, I don't know, 26 and he, he won 22 games, but we've lost like nine. We're clearly in the NCAA tournament, but maybe it's like a 5-6 seed. And, you know, we DJ Wagner's going to Kentucky. You'd have people out there who were like, Kenny Payne would have won 30 games. And he'd have DJ Wagner coming in next year, oh, yeah. and we'd have all these recruits, and we'd have all this talent. They'd and he, be, they'd be playing the the Eric Wood video over and over to us. I mean, the like, it, there would have been for some people, there would have been nothing that whoever we hired, if it wasn't Kenny Payne, they could have done nothing that would have been good enough for them. Nothing that they would have said Payne would have done a better job. It's the same people who told us the only way to being good right away was to hire Payne, and now those same people are like, how can you expect him to turn around right away? At least we we tried. And if this doesn't work out next year, we can say forever. We tried to do it, tried to make it happen. It didn't work. Let's go get a proven head coach. I would like to say I can't think of any coach that would have that could could made this team a tournament team. But with the ACC as bad as it was, I, I don't think I can say that honestly. I don't know if anybody could have made this that roster a tournament team. I don't, but I, I could be wrong. I, I'm just, we're both guessing. Like, yeah, it's the only thing that. I would almost 100% agree with you if it weren't just, again, the AC was just so bad. It's the worst it's ever been. I mean, it's, there's, there's how many And we ga- won two games. Yeah. I mean, how many games could you say, well, we would have swept Boston? We could have, we wouldn't have lost Boston College. We lost Georgia Tech, probably. Hopefully. I'm assuming. We wouldn't have lost the three out of conference games or four if you count Lens. I mean, you watched that game yesterday. That Boston College team is I mean, not good. 10 wins right they there. They are not good. They have got no, no. playmakers besides Ashton Langford. And their best player was out. 
and they beat us by 18. I mean, I was going to say the Zachary kid's not bad, but I, I don't know how much of that's the fact that I've watched him only twice against us. He's a muscly point guard who can't shoot. He's like a, he's a poor man's London Parentis, is, is what I, my guy uh, Cardinal on Twitter said yesterday, which I totally agree. He's like, he's YMCA London Parentis, and he lit us up yesterday. No, yeah. We, we couldn't it. keep anybody out of the line. No. And they posted up L. Ellis every time that he was guarding somebody man-to-man, and we refused to change defenses or change anything. I did notice we did a lot more switching on the pick and rolls, though, in this game. Didn't work. No, I'm, I didn't say it helped. I just said we tried it. That was if we tried doing something. We tried it at least, yeah. Texture says, Cooley to Georgetown and Patino to Providence? Question mark. All right, I'm, that would work. I've never been still big on Ed Cooley. I mean, I think Ed Cooley's a I like coach. Ed Cooley a lot. I think he's a good coach. I just don't. To me, he's. I, I don't. I, if I'm wanting to take my program to another next level and that's a championship level, I don't see that being Ed Cooley. In fairness, we did take our program to another level this year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, usually you don't you don't assume that leveling down is when you is, is part of that agreement but yeah i guess you got a point i think Brandon georgetown is very much in play it sounds like we'll see i think it's a good hire too cooley to georgetown i, I like because it sounds like st john's is not going to hire patino and i kind of want patino to be in the big east i really want him to be. break going to georgetown I, I don't i don't like i think patino going to georgetown is even better yeah. But Bray is a nice, I don't want to say constellation, 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 that's the, the stars. You stake one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just, I think it'd be a nice, yeah, he's a, ni- a nice backup. I mean, not to mention, I mean, this is a guy that also, I mean, Georgetown, like Notre Dame, a little harder sometimes to recruit with the academic restrictions that they do have. You know, it might come as a shock when you, you see Allen Iverson talk, but if they do have them. Texas, let me ask this question. If Danny Manning was the head coach and KP was the top assistant, would the team be better? I don't know. No. Oh, I don't know if they'd be better. I mean, may, may, maybe who knows? I mean, what he did better at Maryland last year, technically. He did than than we did. I mean, we, like my mentions last night. This was this was when I was just like ready for everything to be done. Is my mentions devolved into people arguing about whether or not Mike Pegues would have won more than four games with this team? And I was like, I just who who cares? Like, like who who cares who wins this argument? We it's an unanswerable question. And why are we even talking about this? He's an assistant at Butler now, and we're sitting here being like. Was he a better coach? I, I, I mean, this is what you did. This is what you know who's to blame for all of this. No, I know Kenny Klein. Kenny Klein. Yeah, the selfish son of a. Like, he leaves in the middle of our most desperate hour. Yeah, he still keeps his seat everywhere. Well, he's he's like half retired. He's doing that. He's doing what I knew he would do, which is like he's still he's like ninety. He's like ten percent retired. He's still doing way too much. Well, you can't have your cake and eat it too. But that ten percent is resulting in us winning four games. Hey, Kenny. Come out of retirement. Yeah. So if to answer the question, yes, Kenny is to blame. Kenny Klein for all of our problems. Since he can't since he's no longer the uh the judge of me getting uh uh media passes, I blame him too. Yeah, he's done. Get him out of here. He, he is he isn't judging still, is he? Because if I don't know. I'm sorry, Kenny. It's all it's all Mike's fault. Texas says I'm trying to stay optimistic for next year, but it's more difficult with each passing press conference. Well, you don't have to worry about those anymore, at least. Well, for a while. <laughs> I mean, when's the next well, we, I guess we won't have one for we won't be the next press conference. Well, he didn't do many last off season, so we won't like Patino would do one every like three weeks just to update us on stuff, which was great. Yeah. And he like, couldn't go a week without blogging on his website. But Payne, yeah, we probably won't hear from him for a while. Oh, the kid, the Rick Patino blog. I miss it. RickPatino.com. I mean, just blasting sandstorm when you open it up. Random. Or Zombie Nation. Just, you wouldn't see anything on there for like three weeks and then randomly you get like a three page. Like, he dropped like a huge piece of news. Yeah, just something huge on there. He's like, we're going to the Big East. I'm like, Patino's breaking this news on his website? He called me out one time on the website. That's how he first, he's like, he's like, he's like, Card Chronicle, come see me. I was like, all right, let's do it. Um, 
Texture says, what record does he need to have to be safe next year? I'm afraid we're just delaying the inevitable. I mean, I can't. Trevor and I both have said, for us, we'd like to. The, the bar is NCAA tournament. Yeah, which would be about 20 wins, I would say. We, unfortunately, do not matter. We, we don't matter at all. For Josh Hurd, I've got no idea what that bar is, but my sense is that if he if he builds the roster to a point where it, it looks pretty good and he wins, like he, he gets close to 500, I, it's not good enough for me. I think it will be good enough for Josh Hurd, especially if he has a talented 2024 class waiting in the wings. That's my guess. Agreed. But I'm not entirely sure. I, I did like the people last night who were like, use your platform to change this. Call out Kenny Payne. I was like, my man... If I had that ability, we would have hired somebody totally different. Twelve. Nobody's listening to me. Nobody cares. Like we're, we're you, uh, people listening care, but I, I can't impact anything that happens at U of L. Trevor can't impact anything that happens at U of L. If well, I don't know, I got Satterfield out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I got Braun back home. You did. Don't question what I and don't tell me Kenny. Don't I know Kenny listens to the show. He's referenced me in press conferences before. Has he? Without saying my name. Has yeah, he? I know he's talking about me. <laughs> He's talking about things I've said before. I know you listen, Kenny. It's all good. Ain't nothing but love for you, man. Ain't nothing personal. It's all business here, buddy. Somebody threw out the stat last night, too, that we have more top 100 recruits than we have wins. <laughs> I mean, on, on the roster currently? Or? Yeah. Five top 100, top 100 recruits, four wins. Dude, I didn't know we had a top 100 recruit on the on the roster. Oh, I guess Ellis might. Uh, no, I mean, Huntley Hatfield's a five-star. Mike James is a... Is a yeah. Top I mean, 100 recruit. Technically, this is a court. I know you hate reference. Kamari Land's the top 100 recruit. Reference does their RSCI, which is like a composite. James was 76. Lands was 59. Hunley was 23. Wheeler 74. And, and Ree was 80. Yeah. So that is, that's five top. <laughs> Four wins. <laughs> that's... That's not just sad to think about. Texas that. says we went from L1C4 to L1C4 and 28. Yeah, I've seen. <laughs> I, haven't seen that's the, I know that can't be original, but it's my first time hearing it. I saw, UK fans were peppering me with it last night, and I was like, please just win a game so we can get to five so we don't have to see this all offseason. That's one of those one, – see, that's the joke that I don't mind hearing. Oh, it's, it's fine. somewhat crazy. It's just, it just – it's not – And we set ourselves up with the L1C4 thing. It's fine the first couple times you hear it, but, like, at the 75th, you're like, okay, man. Yeah. Like, it was my first time, though, so it made me laugh. I was shocked, too, at the number of UK fans who were, like, piling on last night. At some point, like, you know, we're already dead. Stop hitting us. Like, Because I made that joke that I guess got on people's timelines about, you know, now our, our fate's in the committee's hands. And then all these, like, UK fans who were like – your bum ass has won four games. I'm like, I'm aware. Like, do you think that I, I, you're breaking news to me? You're just, this isn't even an insult. You're just telling me facts. You're just you reporting just, you the score. You continue to argue with them now. Be like, what are you talking about? We still have a chance. We actually won that game. <laughs> no, don't even, don't even pretend like we didn't. Just, just argue that four wins is definitely in the kind of talk of bubble. A four win team was actually in the field last year. Do your research, <laughs> Google it. No. <laughs> a four-win team has never been in the NCAA tournament. What is the lowest? I guess it would be something from the 21 year I would have to be, but yeah. Yeah, but in a normal season, I think the lowest is 11 wins, I want to say. I know that no team has ever made the NCAA tournament, even auto bids, with more than 22 losses. So we would have had easily the most losses of any team in NCAA tournament oh, history yeah. if we'd made it. Yeah, I think there are two, actually, 22-loss teams playing tonight for conference championships. Northern Arizona, which is where Tom Jurich got his start, his yep. very first AD yep. job. Uh, Brian texted me last night excited about the Lumberjacks. They're playing for their conference championship. 
And then somebody else is like 12 and, and 22. Well, they knocked off Eastern Washington, Northern Arizona did. So. And then Howell's Montana last night destroyed them. Did they? They play Montana State tonight. He's the number two seed who won in double OT last night. I have a Montana State shirt, so I'm kind of torn. Love the Lumberjacks. Love N.A. Who. But I have a shirt of Montana State. Montana State is where Phil Jackson played, I believe. Is that right? And I, I can't remember if it's Montana or Montana State, and that's where Jed Heathcote coached before he went to uh, Michigan State. Michigan State, yeah. Really? Because like he had Michael Ray Richardson there, who was like a poor man's Magic Johnson. And then he le- he had him there, and they went. I think they went to the NCAA tournament, and then he left and went to Michigan State. And He went to Michigan State long when they won their national title. Phil Jackson did not play at either of the schools you just mentioned. He played at North Dakota. Well, where Jed Heathcote coached then. I mean, I'm assuming you're right about that, but you're just wrong about the other one. I thought he played at Montana with him, I thought. You were wrong. It's okay. Texas says Ellis walked into the tunnel before the game was over. It was the best defensive anticipation that we had the whole game. He came back. He did not walk to the tunnel. He just walked away from the bench to compose himself and came back. It's fine. Texas said, I saw where Trenton Flowers said he's going to announce his choice on March 17th. What do you think our chances of getting him are? And what about the possibility of him reclassifying to next year's class? This is so I've seen Louisville fans understandably bring this up a bunch. He's announcing early. I mean, he's a high school junior right now. I, I, I'm told it's possible that he could reclass. I've got no inside info. I don't know what his grades are. I don't know what his academic situation is. I think it's. I just kind of assume that every high school kid can reclass at this point because they all they all seemingly can uh, if they're in the right situation. But it sounds like we've got a fighting chance. I mean, he's he's been listed as sort of a Louisville lean in recent weeks. I know that we're up there. Carolina seems to have backed off, or he's backed off Carolina. However, that works. But we've prioritized him more than these other schools. I, I think we definitely have a chance. Well, I mean, I'm not a recruiting insider. My guess is we get more buzz as we get closer and closer to that date. But I feel like we got a good shot, and that would be if we're talking about in the first ten days of the off season. Kenny Payne getting Dennis Evans this weekend if it happens, and then getting Trenton Flowers. That's a hell of a way to start, and I think that will go a long way towards getting people off his back as we get into these the, the heart of the spring and transfer season and the summer months as well. like That would be a, a great first two steps for Kenny Payne towards rectifying this whole situation. All right, let's I, take our, go I, ahead. I, was gonna say, I don't know what I was thinking with Bill Jackson. I was right about it. It was Montana, by the way. Jed Heathcote was there until 70. He coached Michael Ray Richardson. Well, you said Montana State. I couldn't remember if it was one of the two. So you're over for two. I, well, I knew. I said it was one of the two. You said that about Phil Jackson. I swore I thought he's from Montana. Maybe that's where I got confused. Over for two. But I thought I swore he played at. I thought he played for Jed Heathcote. You swore wrong. You chose poorly. You chose poorly. <laughs> Before we go to break, reminding you about our guys over at AirServe. If you have heating or air conditioning needs, call them at 502-785-8600. You can get a tune-up for as little as $49. You can also visit AirServe online at airserve.com slash Louisville, A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com slash Louisville. The phone number again, 502-785-8600. Call the home team. Our guys over at AirServe, they're available for you 24-7. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. We'll try to get, the, we, once again, we got more text than we answered that segment. We'll do the best we can to get to as many as we can in the last 20 minutes of the show. <laughs> Keep it locked right here on 1450 The Big X. 
Texas says, nobody comes close to Sacred Heart. They're for real. Manuel handled them. Uh, Connor and the LIC, and you already mentioned what Sacred Heart did to them. Yeah, they're going to win the state. Didn't you tell me that Donna Moore wasn't coaching anymore? Or she oh, she's there. I thought you told me a couple weeks ago she had already retired. She, they won state last year with her. That's what I thought. I was like, yeah. I, I brought it up because I, I was like, she's been there for like 40 years, I feel like. She was there when I was in high school, yeah. Yeah, she was. I remember her. She had a daughter played in St. Matthews that was real good. I mean, she'd show up in the league all the time. Yeah, they're they're back to their mid-2000s domination. They're, they're going to roll. Uh, they also have one of the best players, I think, to come through this area in a long time, Zakia Johnson. We Oh, they had a running clock today. I mean, yeah, we'd love to have her. And it was close after the first quarter. They still just yeah, rolled them. They, I think got the yeah, turned on at halftime. They were up like 40 points or something like that. Texas says reporters should have asked Kenny Payne if being paid almost a million dollars per win this year was a bit much. <laughs> See, the thing is, is, if you're going to ask a question like that, you have to be a national guy or somebody that you like. You can't be a local guy like like. You can't. Out, you also just can't ask that you question. You shouldn't. That's yeah. just yeah. That that sounds like. <laughs> yeah. You have to be kind of ballsy to ask it, though. I'd say. Well, yeah. You also just be antagonizing. I'd like to hear his response, though. I would, too. But I would actually. Just <laughs> selfishly, I'd love to hear Like, I've been to press conference. I'm like, hey, I can't ask this question. Here's 50 bucks. Will you ask him this? <laughs> Texas is on three. Just dropped Trenton Flowers down to a four-star. He's definitely ours. <laughs> that sounds about right. On three, eight, says. Texas says, um, you guys nailed it with the Jim Bayon thing, yeah. His he sends in a line of questioning thing where he's like, "Yeah, it's it's Bayon basically, it's Bayon basically saying that the university is going to pressure him into retiring if he does retire." I mean, he said the question was, "Are you saying that right now that you're going to retire, Bayon? This is up to the university. Do you want to come back?" I didn't say that. So what are you saying? You saying you're not retiring? He's like, "I just said it. I don't know. So you don't know? I said this is up to the university. How will you make a determination about when you will come back?" You're talking to the wrong guy. I guess maybe maybe replaces Patino at Iona. Maybe he takes the St. John's job. I don't think he's taking another job. I mean, I'd be come to our bench, Jim. I mean, somebody would offer him. I mean, he'll get offered. You think? I think so. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? Because he's seventy nine. What's the? I mean, if you're a certain position, if you're you know, if you're Iona, what's what? Really, is there any any? It's all we're all win, all profit, right? The same like when you hired Rick Patino to begin with. Maybe I don't know. If you're St. Francis in New York, what's what's there to lose hiring a 78-year-old man that can coach? His life in the middle of your season? But is he going to be winning when he drops? We'll see. He <laughs> hadn't been winning much at Syracuse either. That's the other thing. True. I agree. But, I mean, you never know. Again, I mean, if you're a small school like that, I just don't think there's any. There's, it's all it's all you know all positive. Texas says, Trevor, do you want to bet $1,000 that no. we don't crack the top 100 in Ken Palm next year? But no, I'm not. <laughs> the, it's, not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not the money. It's the fact, you know, I don't trust Ken Palm. I don't trust analytics. Okay. I'm sorry. I just don't old man me all you want. Analytics plus minuses, all that stuff can go to, to bleep. I don't plus care. minus isn't really analytics. It's all, it's all analytics to me. <laughs> like I hate when Any people, are, I hate the plus minus. Like, I don't, I, I'm going to give some stats, but I'm like, when you start bringing the plus minus stuff, well, analytics man, hate plus minus. I thought they liked it. No. Plus minus is not a reliable Well, stat. I tell you what. I, well, good, because I think it's – I've always thought it was crap. I'm, well, I'm with you on plus minus. Now, but Ken Palm stuff, no. I just you – know, I, I I don't know. I take it as far as I can throw him. I know you love him. I know you do. He's pretty accurate. I mean, isn't John's middle name Ken? No. <laughs> it's not John Ken Palm Rutherford. Texas Trevor, have you not been hyped for your cougar mom? She's my favorite cougar. 
<laughs> my mom's way past cougar dude. he then says also yes i work in finance yes i'm married but even a ring won't keep me away from mrs kelsey <laughs> oh can we go back to the finance part what <laughs> it means he makes good money right dad uh... come on pop <laughs> Texas North, Northwestern State has a one-armed player playing right now on ESPN2. Number 24, remarkable. They do. I bet we could make him average 20 points a game. He would play, play for us. Honestly. No, I'm not playing for us. I mean against us. Texas, is any part of you happy that your intro is no longer a part of the worst season in Louisville history? Actually, that's my favorite memory from this season. It's not the Clemson game. It's the fact that the, the season with my voice on the intro video is no longer the worst season of my lifetime. Not even close. It's the only saving grace from this year. Not even close. I don't know who voiced the one this year, but that's on you now. That poor dude's living in Denmark now, hiding in a, Get hiding, out of the state. He's hiding somewhere. In like, Leave. He's in Nova, Nova Scotia now. <laughs> Texas, at this point, any thought of KP being the guy can only be described as blind faith. Nothing that he has done or said provides evidence to the contrary. I'm not going to argue it. It's it's the thing that I struggle with the most right now, and it's why I hate having the same debate over and over and over again is because the evidence on one of the sides hasn't changed. If you think that, and I'm not even saying you're wrong. Like, who knows? We're all still guessing at this point. But if you're saying that Kenny Payne is definitely going to get things turned around and you're 100% convinced that we're going to win a national title with Kenny Payne at the helm and you trust the process, what do you have to base that on? Again, you can be right. But as of right now, like there's, th- there's no evidence. There's nothing to point to to say this is why, and that's the biggest thing that he has going against him is he hasn't gotten it done on the recruiting trail yet. We'll see what happens without the NCAA cloud. He certainly has not got it done on the court. He's not giving us any sort of clear messaging about what the process is going to entail moving forward and why it's going to work. So it just it, it it's just this trust in KP mentality that has permeated throughout a portion of the fan base for 12 months and the other side is like he just won four bleeping games over a year we're struggling a little bit with that and people are, are coming back at them with like well you don't know basketball you're an idiot if you think that you don't Kenny Payne's not going to get it done here and it's a it, it's an argument that neither side can really win until we get to yet another season I know some people will bring up the Iowa State and you brought it up as an example of quick turnarounds of course in those example that example particularly you have one coach being changed from the time yes. around the other. Uh, I, I don't know. I just, I'm just trying to think. I'm talking about um, if I'm going to play devil's advocate to those people that want to be like, hey, you can turn it around. Uh-huh. Matt Painter went 9 and 19 his first year at Purdue and won 22 games the next year. Okay. I like that. I mean, he, and he took over. And now, granted, he took over a team at Gene Katie's last year, which I don't remember Katie being this bad as last year. But hey, they were terrible at the 7 end. and 21. So, I mean, he, he, so he did better. He did slightly better, but still 9 and 19. I mean, maybe if you give me some time, I'll give you a better example. Just that one's right off the top of my head. I was like, okay. Because more often than not, when you think of teams that get better with new coaches, usually you don't see it that bad in the first year. No. Usually they're taking over a team that had been that bad the year before, and they go like 14 and 15 or something like that. Or like what Patino did in his first year with Louisville. Or Jerome Tang this year at Kansas State, taking over the worst team in the Big 12, and now he's potentially the national coach of the year. Yeah, I mean, but Tainer's at least one example of that, I know. I mean... I, I like that. I mean, I, I, I'm looking for anything to hold on to. I'm trying looking for to anything. Out. Trying to help you people out that want to be on the on the other side of us. I'm, I'm trying to help you out. Texas says, so in KP's eyes, if the number two player in high school wants to come here for the arena and whatever, but he's not deserving to wear the jersey according to KP, we as fans have to accept that. I don't know. I'm not following that one exactly. Uh, Texas, I'm heading to Australia in 10 days, and I would like to thank Kenny Payne for making sure that I will not give a bleep about the, N- the NCAA tournament. So, there you go. 
Have fun in Australia. I'd like to go to Australia. I had a friend who lived there for a year. Sounded like a great time. I mean, I know this sounds generic, but I just want to see the toilets go the other way around. Okay. Texas Louisville Live was a good indicator of this team. Another sign was Zan Payne winning the men's team three-point contest bracket. Oh, did he? Everyone's oh. bricks sounded like 15 minutes of gunshots inside Slugger Field. I remember Louisville. I don't remember it being that bad, but I, I do mean, remember it being bad. No, but nothing against Slugger Field, which will be proudly live from there on a regular basis here by the end of the month when the bats come back on the airways. But, I mean, we're not, we, we can't do Louisville Live there again next year, right? We need to change everything. We got to change. We can't yeah, do anything I mean, the same. Yeah, I mean, except for Harlow, maybe we can bring him back. Maybe right? not bringing Purpose back. We're not involving him in the dunk contest. I'll tell you that. Much. No, that's a given. Yeah. Texas says uh, the, the irrational KP supporters are sounding more like election deniers every day. There we go. The one thing we were missing on today's show was politics. <laughs> Texas, remember when Patino had politics? Texas, remember when Patino had a podcast for like five minutes? I do. It was glorious. Did he have a podcast? Sponsored by Casa Amigos Tequila. <laughs> I don't remember the podcast. <laughs> the Rick Patino show. It was great. I just remember the blog. <laughs> it legit had like two episodes. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Texas, it, this is honestly a bad dream that we are bringing back our four-win coach for another year. It feels completely hopeless. We imposed the death penalty on ourselves. I hope we have reasons to have hope going into next year, because I, yeah, I, I I expect I expect us to I expect us to have a roster that on paper looks to be competitive, but like a lot of people, I'm gonna find myself in the boat of, like I'm gonna have to see it. I'm gonna have to see it if I believe that this is going to be an NCAA tournament team because the only thing that I have to go off of is a four and twenty eight season where we just we barely got better. Texas, this team's effort spiked when a core of four showed up as soon as he got hurt. And was not able to practice. We lost our energy. I mean, is that what happened on the stretch? Is that just a core of four? Was he that big of a deal? <laughs> Maybe. Texture says, my birthday is on March 17th. I've done the research and we've been fairly successful on that day. We're getting Trenton Flowers. I like that optimism. I like that. Let's bring him. Let's get it. Texas, sadly, it's been one more year in the ACC than the Big East. And granted, only seven ACC conference tournaments due to self-ban and COVID. Yeah, that's... It's all disappointing. I mean, this is coming on one of our longest stretches in a conference. I think we were in conference state for 10 years, right? 10 or 11. Sounds about, I think it was like 94 to 2005. And that Metro, I don't think we were in that long either because we were independent all the way up until like, well, maybe in basketball, I guess. Southwestern for a while. Yeah. Texas, oh, this is your boy Say. What up, Say? Trevor pimping his mom sounds on brand for local fans. <laughs> Texas, the season started with recruits bailing on Louisville Live and losing to Leanne Rimes. It ended with a press conference of confusion, defiance, and love, Star Trek outfits, and triple-digit rankings in between. Joy. It's a pretty good summary. I think that I think that just about gets it. Uh, we don't have time to get to these other ones. Uh, Texas, fire Kenny Payne, hire Rick back, say you're sorry, and let's move forward. I mean, yeah. What if we did? What if we brought Rick back? I would It'd be incredible. Be yeah. Be, Back, I don't care what the backlash is. We get so much backlash and nobody would care. At this point, the fans just would not care. Honestly, we'd be I like whatever. Give two bleeps about your about Kentucky and Indiana's and making them making their jokes about us. If we're winning twenty something games and back to where we were before, you know, in in, in the in the two thousand tens, bring it. Bring right. your jokes. I'll laugh all the way to the final four. <laughs> Real quick, tonight in the ACC tournament, uh, we got two games left in Greensboro in the second round. Boston College, who just knocked us off, 
Taking on North Carolina, UNC is an 11.5 point favorite. TK, who you got? Uh, UNC crushes this one. Boston, uh, how Boston College? I mean, Post isn't playing, right? They said he's he's game time decision. Well, I'm gonna say no. I don't even think it matters. Yeah, I think yeah. UNC rolls. I think they crush them. I I, I told You're you probably right either way. Yeah, I said I on the Titus podcast, I'll tell you what's gonna happen with UNC this week. They're gonna crush this game. They're gonna beat Virginia, and everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, here we go!" I told you they're coming back, and they're gonna bleat the bed in the semifinals against whoever they play because that's who this team is. By the way, for the record, 10 years in Missouri Valley, 20 in Metro, and then 11 in Conference. Yeah, yeah, 94-05. That's the texture. Last game, Virginia Tech, NC State. NC State, two-and-a-half-point favorite. TK, who you got? NC State versus who again? Virginia Tech. Um, I'm still not big on NC State. I'm going to take Tech. I'm going to take Vautech in this. I'm going to take Vautech. I filled out an ACC bracket. I had Vautech going all the way to the championship game and losing to Duke. I'm sticking with it. The only game I've missed so far is us against Boston College, which makes me feel even worse about it. I don't know why. I've not been big on NC State all year long. I I know they've they've overachieved, quote-unquote. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that they're kind of pretenders. I, I hope they win. I'm rooting for them. I like Kevin Keats a lot. Um, I think if they don't make the tournament this year, he's going to be gone. They probably need to win this game to solidify their spot. We'll see what happens. Uh, the, NC State's record is why, I, when, you, when I say a great coach could have come in and maybe been a tournament team with this year in the ACC, look at their season. It was, hey, it was wide. This was a I bad know, ACC. And we were, we were bad. We were the, we were the worst of the, of the worst. All right, the reflection day is done. Tomorrow we officially get into the off season. We're going to look ahead to Selection Sunday for the Bye. women as well. Bye the season. Bye. Bye. Goodbye forever. We'll never talk about you again. We're going to pretend this didn't happen. It is repressed. Nope. The door is closed. The summer my, my funny uncle visited. We're done, Trevor. <laughs> Not funny. Everyone enjoy your Wednesday night. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow at 3. Enjoy the hoops. Go Cards. Nintendo Sega Genesis When I was dead broke, man, I couldn't picture this 50-inch screen, money green, leather sofa Got two rides, a limousine with the chauffeur Phone bill about 2G's flat No need to worry, my accountant handles that And my whole crew is lounging Celebrating every day, no more public housing Thinking back on my one-room shack